Deep in the bowels of Blight City, a furtive figure scurried from one patch of shadow to the next, ducking beneath a tangle of old pipework and picking his way between puddles of glowing green ooze. Scratch darted down a narrow side tunnel. He emerged into a long-forgotten chamber. Here, he stopped and threw back his hood, revealing the crest of curling horns that marked him as a gray seer. Scratch surveyed the ritual markings that he had scribed across the walls, floor, and ceiling of this old burrow. Sweeping curves and jagged lines intersected madly, all glowing a curdled green. Dark power hung in the air, awaiting only a catalyst to surge to malevolent life. Now, Scratch brought that catalyst from beneath his robes, the still-beating heart of his late rival, Quirik. He lifted the pulsating morsel of flesh and bit into it, blood drizzling over his muzzle as he spat the chewed gore into the center of the summoning circle. Green light pulsed, warp lightning flashed, and Scratch felt his glance tighten as something malevolent pushed its way through the veil. The Gracier fell to his knees as the monstrous form of a vermin lord unfolded itself to loom over him. You dare dare to summon me, little seer? asked the demon. Why? Power, replied Scratch, fighting the urge to grovel. A seat on the council, yes, yes. I deserve it. I deserve it. The vermin lord gave a hissing laugh. For a second, Scratch feared the demon would devour him. Very well, little seer, it said instead, leering. Tell speak what you offer in return. Gracier Scratch felt a surge of elation and marshaled his thoughts. He had much to offer, he was sure. This demon would do his bidding, of course, for he was the mighty Scratch. And oh, how his rivals would suffer. And we're back. <laughs> back, 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 back. Uh, time for Skaven War! And when the there's Skaven, a lot of it. When the Skaven go to war, there's a lot of Skaven, and there's a lot of stuff they can ba- bring to bear. Oof. Alex, we back. We is. Uh, well, I'm hoping everybody liked the lore segment, because I had to edit the heck out of that, because good gravy did I start to get lost in the beginning. Well... I think that's also very reflective of the way the book was written and just the <laughs> nature of Skaven in general. Yeah, there's just so much, and it, and a lot of it overlaps. It's like when we got to that second half, when we were talking about the units and the different breakups and stuff, it was like, okay, I get this. But like up until – like I know there was stuff – I was sitting back listening to it. And I'm like, oh, when we did the you – know, go through the history – like, there was other clans that came and went that I wanted to talk about and totally missed over because my eyes were literally glazing over. Like, mm-hmm. I would get stuck, I'd be reading, and I'd stop and realize, and this is what you guys don't hear. <laughs> I'd stop, and then I'd be like, wait a minute. We're, and then I'd realize there, it's been dead silent for like five, ten seconds, and I could just I could just feel you on the other end of the, going like, what is he doing? And I was like, oh, man. There was so... I mean, it's cool. I really enjoyed the lore for this, and I didn't think I would because... I kind of know Skaven, and it's, you know, we their their whole shtick is that, you know, everyone's a deceiver, everyone's a backbiter, um, and then the the ever present that thing's awesome unless it explodes. Um, but man, there's so much cool stuff in there. Um, just the stuff with the Dark Council and stuff. I was really happy with that. Like I, I like this bit of lore, and there was enough stuff there in the in the history section. That's what I've been calling the space circle thing because it's no longer space circles. But um, there's enough there. There's little 
stuff you never heard about. There's there's literally so much in there that could be hints to what's coming up. Mm-hmm. There's lots of little warp nuggets in there. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Ooh, good. Well, I see what you did there. Good. So let's jump into the war. Um, the Skaven Tide. Should we start with Allegiance abilities? There's only a million of them. There's a few. Um, <laughs> so I think it's worth noting that there are four basic ones that apply to all Skaven Tide. Um, and then there's six special ones for each one of the greater for each one of the great clans. And these you get if you take a character with that keyword. So So if you okay, let's say you were playing, you know, and you you like to take a little of everything. And let's say mm-hmm. you took your two thousand point list and you had six you can take six heroes. Yes. If I took one hero from each of these, I would literally that I would have all of them. I would. It's not like, I mean, they're they're allegiance abilities. So you just if you have it, you get it. So if I took one from each of these clans, then I would literally have all of these allegiance abilities. Yes. Um, <laughs> now it's there is some point to them taking multiples of each of these special characters. Right. I mean, I'm not saying you should. So. It's kind of a, that would be kind of a nightmare logistically to keep track of everything, but. At first, when I read it, I'm like, "Oh, well, how do I know which clan I'm taking? Like, how do I, you know?" How, and then I'm like, "Oh, wait, it's not by which one I'm taking the most of. It's just whatever character I have." Oh, gravy. Yes. All right. Um, let's jump into these then. Sure. Uh, the main four are called the teachings of the Horn Rat, and everybody gets that. Um, I like this first one. Um, if you have a Skaven Tide hero that's not a monster, they get lookout surf for melee attacks as well as missile attacks. Yeah, as long as they're not a monster. So you're looking at things like the Vermin Lord Deceit. The Vermin Lords don't get this. Um, so the. Yeah, I mean, that was a rule that they've had because, like, the honored position for Skaven is fighting in the rear as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them, it's like, yep. Throwing cowards in front of me and making sure that I survive is really what I'm about. So this really reflects their background. Yeah. Because <laughs> Lookout Sir normally just works for missile fire, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm just picturing, you know, the heroes or the enemy coming in and this guy, uh, suddenly he's in the back, suddenly they're all around him. He's just grabbing rats and, like, th- literally throwing them, like, just pushing and shoving them into the enemy as he's moving away from them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what else we got? We've got scurry away uh, in the combat phase. When you pick a hero to fight, you can say it's going to scurry away instead of making a pile and move and then attacking. Uh, basically, you can retreat. You can just choose to retreat instead. Mm-hmm. Um, that once again plays to the lore and works. Retreat is one of those things I never do enough in my games. Like that is well, a, that is a tool I don't utilize well enough, and because I forget about it all the time. You also don't have an army right now that really benefits from retreating. True, but there have been times when I'm like, oh, I could at least pull back and you know mm-hmm. reorder. Um, plus one to hit rolls for attacks with melee weapons with Skaven Tide that have twenty or more models. Plus one to wound as well for Skaven Tide if you got thirty or more models. Yeah, this is to represent them leaping and crawling over each other to get at you. Yep. And um, this is, I think this might be my favorite, is strength in numbers. Plus two (laughs) bravery for every ten models for Skaven Tide instead of plus one bravery. 
Yeah, because their bravery is pretty poop. Um, but once they get into these large packs, as described in the fluff, they get that uh, like rabid uh, sense of bravery. Yeah. I mean, literally all of these work perfectly to the lore. And it's mm-hmm. just great. Um, would you like to... Why don't you take the uh, the ways of the great clans then? Sure. I did the general. Now, this is if, this is if you pick a specific hero that's Character. got the keyword. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for master clans, this includes the gray seers and the vermin lords. Um, each time a friendly master clan model uses a command ability, you roll a dice and on a five plus, you get an extra command point. So that's pretty amazing. Yep. Um, cause command points will go quickly in this army. Um, for not only clan- that, but now that you can't just stack up a bunch of command points. Yeah. With, but with, uh, like being under them or purchasing or whatever. Right. So, uh, and you'll also notice when we get to it, the battalions are a little tricky in this army to get. So, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, Clans Molder. So at the start of the first battle round before determining who goes first, uh, you can pick one friendly Clans Molder fighting beast for each master Molder in your army. So the fighting beast is essentially the hell pits. Um, that f- the same fighting beast cannot be picked more than once to benefit, and you add D three to the wounds characteristic of that model. Yeah, that's pretty and good. And in addition, you get to reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by melee weapons uh, from that model. So that makes your HPAs pretty nasty. All right, um, clans Eshin. So if you include any clans Eshin heroes at the start of the first battle round before determining who goes first, you get to pick one enemy hero for each clan's Eshin hero in your army. So if you take five clan's Eshin heroes, you get to pick five enemy heroes. Um, you get to reroll wound rolls for attacks made by friendly clan's Eshin units that target that unit, or that target that hero. So that includes shooting as well, and clan Eshin does a lot of shooting. Yes, it does. Moving on to clan's Verminous, so this is the Claw Lords. Um, essentially, how this works is you get to pick a command trait for each Claw Lord you take for up to six friendly Claw Lords. And that's in addition to the command trait for your general if your general is not a Claw Lord. So, and you can use that command trait. So, essentially, like you take a Claw Lord, that Claw Lord gets a command trait for free. Nice. All right, now comes the long ones. <laughs> naturally reflecting the background right now with Skyer and Pestilence being the two top rats of the heap right now. Uh, they have the longest and most obnoxious allegiance abilities. So uh, for Clan Scryer, you get Warpstone Sparks. So these are the little bits of Warpstone that they can chew um, or put in their weapons to amplify it. So essentially what that is, uh, you get to... If you include any... Clan Skyer heroes in your army, you can roll a D3 and add 3 to that. So that is the number of Warpstone Sparks that you can use during the battle. So even if you just have 1 or 6 Clan Skyer heroes, you only get D3 and add 3. And you can use um, 1 Warpstone Spark in the same phase. You can't use more than 1 in a phase. Um, And when you use it, there's a couple of different ones. So in the hero phase, you can pick a Clan Skyer wizard and that wizard can reroll casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls until the end of that phase. Jeez. But, yeah. So it can be good. However, at the end of that phase, roll a die, and on a one, that wizard takes D3 mortal wounds. 
uh, that's the risks you take because once yeah. again, it's really great Until unless it blows, it blows up. up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In the shooting phase, you can pick one friendly clan scryer hero, and then you pick up to three different friendly clan scryer units that are wholly within thirteen inches of him, and you can add one to the damage characteristic of weapons used by those units until the end of that phase. And then, again, same thing at the end of the phase, roll a die. On a one, the hero takes D3 mortal wounds. That's huge. Oh, yeah. Especially if you consider something like a rattling gun going up to damage two. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily going to improve things like the warp lightning cannon or whatever, but Giselle's rattling guns... um, Heck, even the, uh, what was it? I can't think about it. Oh, you can add this to uh, Storm Fiends for their guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and then the last one. Why do you hate playing against this the combat army? Phase, I'll tell you why. It's okay. In the combat phase, you can pick, uh, again, one clan scryer hero. You get to reroll hit rolls for that hero until the end of the combat phase. So that one's, and then obviously at the end of the phase you roll a die, and on a one you take D three mortal wounds because it might eat you. Um, <laughs> so that one's the, probably the least useful of them. But the first two, the hero phase, where you get to do the bonuses to casting, and then the shooting phase is massive. Yeah. Because <sighs> yeah, because. The the fiends aren't good enough. They needed they need a boost, a little extra warp stone in them. Ugh, so dumb. Yeah. It's okay. And what is clan pest? Well, uh, the clan's pestilence. This one's actually isn't this from the? This is the same as in the clan's pestilence uh, book when it was a solo book, right? It's pretty close. They've made some adjustments. Um, there's only five. There used to be six. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Used to be taken. So, but most games um, are only supposed to go five rounds anyway, right? So, and you can only manifest one of the great plagues per hero phase. Yeah, so, so you'll hit all five if you're doing it. You'll hit all five of these. You could hit all five one every turn, but then you don't. The, there's no random one might get left out if it's no good for you. If you're going to use it, you're going to hit everything, right? Right, right. All right, gotcha. So, um, essentially, what this does is every time you roll a prayer roll for a clan's pestilence priest and it's a natural six so non-modified you get to manifest one of the great plagues um and we're just kind of quickly run through so the never plague you get to re-roll prayer rolls the undulant scourge you get to pick a spot within you get to pick the nearest enemy unit within 13 inches of the priest and roll a die for each model in that unit um, and then for each five plus you roll, that unit takes a mortal wound. So essentially, if it's one wound models, you're taking a third of them away. So that's pretty big. Yep. Um, and you can only manifest each one of these once. So it's not like you can continue to do that one every turn. Um, Red Maw Plague. So when this one comes off, you pick the nearest enemy hero within 13 inches of the priest, chanting it. Um, and if a hero is infected by said plague is within three inches of any other models from its own army at the start of the combat phase, but then is not within three inches of any models from your army, you get to control that model for purposes of making attacks. <laughs> now, so I asked you about this. So control that model means that it, it it's basically you get to do what you want with it. 
for that combat phase. So it's only making attacks. Okay. Well, uh, and does it end the pile in and stuff? Obviously, I mean that's part of it, right? Yeah. Okay. In the combat phase, it is your model. So Sweet. that means you could essentially grab Archeon or somebody else and just say, yep, you're mine. And by the way, go hit your friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Crimson Wheel Curse. So you get to pick the nearest enemy unit within 13 inches of the priest. Chanted it. Um, the infected unit takes a mortal wound. And in addition, at the start of each of your hero phases, the affected unit and each enemy unit within an inch of said unit take a mortal wound. So this one's really tricky to keep track of. Oh, okay. Um, and then the last one is the Blight Plague. Um, you get to pick the nearest enemy unit within 13 inches of the priest. They become infected. Um, the unit takes D6 mortal wounds. If right. the unit is destroyed, you get to pick another enemy unit within 6 inches of the last model to be slain from the infected unit. And then that new unit is infected and takes D3 mortal wounds. Not question. So it takes yeah. the mortal wounds, and let's say it's, it's one wound models, right? Yep. So I get to pull them off. So I decide which one is the last one that dies, right? Yes. So I, if if I know that, I mean, it, not that it's not doing that many wounds, so it's not like you're going to have that wide of, a, of an area. But, I mean, if it's close, I could strategically pull them off to avoid anyone else being within six inches. Yes, you could actively work to prevent this thing from rampaging through your army. Okay. Um, it just gets tricky if I pop a single character. Yep. So then it just really depends on distances. Um, the big thing with most of these plagues is you have to be within 13 inches of the priest and the closest one to the priest when they go off. So you can kind of negate it on your own. Okay. So. That's what I, it, yeah, cool. Thank you. I get it now. Yeah, that's all the allegiance abilities. Finally, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's. I mean, th- that's how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, but this is. I mean, there's cool stuff there, and it's, all of this plays plays again to the lore. All mm-hmm. of the bonuses work toward this is our specialty. This is what we do. Um, I I don't dislike it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, because it plays to the lore so well, there's just so much bookkeeping involved. Even at this point, you're looking at going. I'm like, I, I'm starting to look through the, the different, you know, uh, war scrolls. Going, okay, how? What do they? What do they? What can that guy do? How does that interact? Like, I'm literally sitting down building it like an interaction tree on paper to see how everything. So I know if I want to build, this is what I need to take if I want to get these to maximize how these things work. Right. Um, which that's it's, ugh, and it just gets worse. Uh, command traits? Yeah, there's only one table for each master clan. Yeah, so there's only six. Um, now, the nice thing is it's not really 36 of them. It's uh, 21 of them because the first three are all the same. Which is a good thing. Yes, so all six of the master clans get re-rolling uh, wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by the general. Then they get Verminous Valor. Basically, uh, if you take a wound or a mortal wound, then roll a dice, and on a four-up, you can put it into a Skaventide unit within three inches. If you're a Monster War Machine, it's minus one to the roll. So, obviously, if you're really large, it's harder to pass off your wounds. But it's a it's it's a four-up, different type of version of a lookout, sir. More of a, you know, just 
once again, once again, picking up the picking up your uh, underlings and throwing them in your way. Yeah, it's one of those that for the squishier characters, they're minus one to be hit in combat and in shooting if they're close enough to qualify for lookouts there. And then on top of that, you add this extra layer of protection. So that's pretty good, actually. Pretty cool. And yeah. then uh, plus one to bravery on friendly Skaven Tide, wholly within 18 inches of the general. So all the six get that. Um, yeah. All right. So should we let's jump into these? Um, I looked at the master clan. And obviously, that's the Graciers, right? Graciers um, and Vermin Lords. And Vermin Lords. Um, the Master Magic's okay. Plus one to cast and uh, dispel and unbind uh, stuff. But uh, the other two actually sound pretty good to me. Am I am I wrong on this? These seem no. The good. other two are much better. Yeah, I mean, but they, I mean, not just better, but I mean, they're like I got them highlighted. Uh, reroll the die to determine if you get a command point for skilled manipulator. So, that so that's the if they use a command ability, they roll a die, and on a five up, they get another command point. So it's now a five up rerollable. So it goes from a, a five up reroll. Yeah, uh, it goes from that goes from a one third chance to hit it to I think a five ninths chance to hit it. That's yeah, or it's a little four more ninths. Than half. Yeah, right around no, five half. ninths. Yeah, yeah, right around a half. That's good. And the other one. Um, after the battle, roll a die each time your co- opponent takes a, gets a command point. On a six-up, you get it instead. So you can steal their command point. Mm-hmm. It's only happening on a six, but I think any time you can steal your opponent's... It's, you know, if it was six-up, you get an extra one at the start of the fa- at the start of your hero or something like that. That's good, but taking theirs is better. Yeah. It, it's literally I mean, worth double, and it could be worth even more than double just in the, in the, in the positives and negatives. But you, I mean, we all know how how valuable those are. If, if uh, keeping your opponent from getting to do one of their special things is really kind of huge. Yeah, and if you think about some armies like this, would particularly hurt. You're looking at I'm specific example. I'm thinking is Gloom Spike gets um, because they get so many command points between Scragrot's uh, ability to get D three on a four up, and then each one of the fungoid cave shamans gets one on a four up. Oh, and then you get it because uh, it's each time they. Oh, so it's whatever. However, they get it. It's not just the one at the beginning of the turn. Yeah, it's anytime they get a command point on a six, you try to steal it, or yeah. on a six, you steal it. That's yeah. See, I like that a lot. Yeah, I do too. Um, what about the uh, clan scryer? Um, anything here stick out to you? I'm going to let you sort of take more of these because I didn't. I was. I did. I actually didn't highlight too many of these command traits. I mean, some of them are good, but I didn't be like, "Wow!" Yeah, no. The you get to take two additional warpstone sparks is probably the best one of them. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Um, the other stuff, like in your shooting phase, you can pick a friendly clan scryer unit that's holier than thirteen. You get to reroll hit rolls for attacks made by missile weapons. So that's good if you take a mass unit of Gisales or like a big unit of storm fiends again. Um, you get to reroll all of their shooting, which is pretty massive. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one is pick three weapons teams. And those are little two man teams. And then they can reroll hits. Yeah. So, but it's up to three weapons teams. Yeah. So if you combine that with the spark from 
the shooting phase where you get to add one to the damage characteristic, like that can be pretty massive. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. So I didn't think about that. Yeah, that could be that could be pretty brutal. Huh. All right, uh, clan pla- clans pestilence. Um, re-rolling your prayer die roll, and the prayers go off on like a two plus, don't they? I mean, they go off pretty easily. Yeah, but you're essentially building in the never plague into one of your characters, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. Uh, re-roll attacks for missile weapons when they're within eighteen of the general. Um. You know, possible doing D three mortal wounds on an enemy unit that's nearby. I mean, that's that's all following with the lore of that corruption. Oh, you're near me. Guess what? Some people are just dying because we're gross and filthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if any, yeah, of these and things, the given prayers are sorry. usually threes. Oh, threes. I'm sorry, threes. Yeah, but rerolling. Yeah, a rerollable three. Yeah, that's really actually quite good. Yeah. Um, um, the Architect of Death is probably the best one of them. Getting re-roll. to re-roll wound attacks for missile weapons, that's the Plague Clause. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is pretty good. And see, and keep doing that. Like, I can see when things seem good, but if they if, if they work really well with a specific item or if they have a, per, a good combo, point mm-hmm. out those things. Because that's the thing I think I miss, and I know other people are missing, because I've played against some of this, and it's like... You know, I've, I you play against it, and I've seen these things and not seen them being used. And maybe it's because the person I'm playing against is trying other things. I don't know. But, like, I don't necessarily see where all the great combos come in. And then we're Clan Verminous. Um, it, once per battle, you can add three to the attack characteristics of the general's melee weapons. Which, if you know, like, that could be good, I guess. Uh, plus one wound. You know, going back to that old chestnut. Um, this devious adversary, I got a question. If the unmodified hit roll of an attack made with a melee weapon that targets this general is a one, add one to the attack characteristic of the general's melee weapons until the end of that phase. So if it's an unmodified hit roll of attack is a one, add one. So if if the guy's coming at you with five attacks and he rolls five ones, do you get plus five? Yeah, to all of your profiles. So it is cumulative. It's all the ones. Yes. So if I get surrounded by a bunch of, you know, like you know, chain rasps, you know, and there's, I, you know, or they're getting some guy with a good reach, and they get like twenty attacks, and they super fluff it. I could turn around and be like Rambo. Yeah. Um, so this I think is particularly nasty on a Vermin Lord Warbringer. Because he's got quite a few attacks with high quality, whereas the Claw Lords are okay. Oh, that's right. He is Clan Verminous because they each of the different Vermin Lords have the clan. Uh, oh, that's dumb. Potentially. Yeah, I mean, granted, it, you may only usually get one or two, but you can they ride up a on much... a guy and do a really bad roll, and <laughs> suddenly it's amazing. Yeah, and they have a massive base, too. So that's more chances. And it's for all their melee weapons. So yeah, the, he's got the glaive and the fist, so that just keeps adding more and more attacks. Attacks that have one rend and D3 damage or two rend and two damage that wound pretty darn easily. Yes. 
Oh, wow. But we'll okay. get to that. Um, but the Battle Fury is also a good one for a Vermin Lord um, Warbringer, just to pump everything up by six, essentially. Yep. So, um, but these are Claw Lords as well. So, like, you can take the Savage Overlord on a Claw Lord that is not your general, just to help pump that bravery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clan Molder. When you use the prized creation battle trait, pick a beast for this general. You can either add three to that model's wound characteristic instead of D3 or add D6 instead of D3. I kind of like this. So you, this hero's got this ability. You're already picking one of those, and you were saying like the hell pits, right? Yeah, that's what qualifies for these. You can either add three to its wounds instead of like, and so you can gamble. I, I like the fact that they let you gamble. It gets a D3. Mm-hmm. You can make it a straight three, or if you want to risk getting a one, you can roll a D6 and maybe get six more. And that is that is that's pretty much as scaveny as it gets, right? Yes. I got a bonus bonus, but it may suck suck. Yes. Suck stink. <laughs> there you go, thank you. Um The More More Beasts command ability uh works on a four instead of a five, which we'll come to later. And then again, another plus one wound. I think that Molder Supreme thing, if you're playing with that type, with those models, that might be good. But uh, I, why do I feel like Horde Master is the best one from this group? Well, we should probably also talk about what Unleash More More Beasts is. Right. Um, so you get to use the command ability when a friendly clan's Molder Pack. So that's the rats, like the rat swarms the rat ogres and the giant rats. So it's not the hell pits. Um, if they're destroyed, you get to roll a die and on a five up, you get the unit back for free. Um, and you set up the new unit wholly within your territory and wholly within six inches of the edge of the battlefield and more than nine away from enemy units. And you can't use it more than once a hero phase. So essentially on a four up, you get whatever just died back. Yeah, see that is that is that is the best one in here, isn't it? If you're playing this with this clan's molder stuff, it just depends on how you build it. If you build your list that's more based on uh, the hell pits, then you probably go with the molder supreme. But if you're going to be doing like full on clan's molder, then probably the horde master. So that's rat ogres. You said rat swarms and giant rats. Is that is that pretty much it? Yes. Okay. Well, it's still. those things because I don't think storm fiends have the pack keyword. I don't think so because they're hold on. Well, they're scryer, but they're also molder. They don't have the pack keyword. No. So it no. So it's just those three. But still, I mean, that's if that if if that's what you're taking, that could be. I mean, I'll put my I'll take a fifty fifty to put my models back. Yeah, especially if you take like a you know like thirty or forty giant rats or eight rat ogres. Right. For free. Yay. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's keep chugging along. I want to get through the artifacts, and I want to get through the spell lores before we take a break, because this is just going on forever. But um, yes, yes. I still want to keep chugging along here. Um, okay, so the artifacts for Master Clan heroes only. So, hey, hey. What, what, what? What did I miss? You forgot the ninja rats. Oh, you know what? I did. I'm, I'm, look, I'm so excited. I can't help myself. I'm going quick, quick. 
Fast quick. <laughs> uh, quit stop correcting me on that. <laughs> there you see? See, now you got it. I'm learning. That's what I do. Uh okay. Uh Clan Eshin. Um flying is good. Um re rolling hit rolls that target the hero that they chose for their battle trait is pretty good. Um but I feel like Shadow Master is is that could be really good. Like unless I'm unless I'm overthinking it. No, um, you are not. Okay. While the general is while this general is within an inch of a terrain feature, you can't see him. You you enemy models that are more than six inches from him straight up can't see him. Mm-hmm. That that is as that is as good as I thought, right? That's the standout it one is here. As good as you think. Because you can't target him with spells, you can't target him for you can't do anything if you're more than six inches away from him. It's like he literally runs into terrain and disappears because that's what they do. Now you can go in and charge him because you don't need line of sight to charge. Oh, you can roll, and as long as your roll's good enough, yeah, you can charge. Um, okay, but the big thing is, it's just he's dictating on his terms where you get to fight him, essentially, and then having this big. Vermin Lord Deceiver that can't be shot. And with how much terrain is on Age of Sigmar oh, tables, plus the terrain that you bring. I keep forgetting about the Vermin Lords. There is, there's a clanish. So I can run him up onto any piece of terrain. Wait a minute. Any piece of terrain. Yes. So the gnaw holes. Yes, yes. Oh. And there's three of them. So... You have that, or if you're playing against a Deepkin player, they bring two boats. If you're playing against Sylvaneth, they bring how many trees? Same oh, with Nurgle. That's stupid dumb. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's awesome because it helps keep that model alive. <sighs> oh, I didn't even... I'm reading through all of these, and I'm not thinking about the Vermin Lords at all. And now it's yeah. like you're telling me that, and it's like I'm getting. So there isn't um, a dedicated one for Clan Smolder for the Vermin Lords, right? Um, and then I don't believe that the uh, Warp Seer is assigned one. Uh, yeah, he's not anybody. So, but like Verminous, Pestilence, and Ashen all have their own dedicated uh, Vermin Lord. So you can put those command ability, those command traits on them. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't skip that. That's this is the type of stuff that makes you want to start a Skaven army. Except I don't want to paint all those Skaven. I really don't want to paint all those Skaven. But boy, it seems like you could just do some ridiculous stuff. When we get to it, you can actually do a pretty elite Skaven army. But that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah. That is, actually that is beside the point because I just want to. I just I just want to take a bunch of the, all the different weapons. All like I would, uh, you know, I'd have some crummy army. Just like I got like one of each weapon team and some sales and some of this and some of that, and I just roll dice until everything explodes. I either win heavy or lose heavy. That's me. I'm dumb. All right, let's go to the artifacts. Um, Master Clan. So there's six here. Um, I I highlighted two and five. How about you? Uh, yeah, those are good. All right. So uh, suspicious stone. Roll a die. Uh, wound or mortal wound. Five up. Five up. Ward save against wounds and mortal wounds. 
and no battle shock test for friendly Skaven Tide wholly within 13 inches. Those kind of stood out to me. Uh, a lot of the other ones are ones per battle and stuff like that, um, or you know, wizards close to you, you know, lose one of their casting. Was there any of these other ones that you thought really stood out? Uh, Skaven Brew. Okay, that's that's the one. Every done at the right time. Yeah, but this one's pretty massive, and we'll talk about the combination here. Okay. So you do Skaven Brew once per battle in your hero phase. You can pick a friendly Skaven tight unit within three. The unit takes D3 mortal wounds, but you get to add one to the attack's characteristic of melee weapons. Okay. So you do this on Storm Vermin or Plague Monks, and they go in. They get a bucket of attacks. If you have Death Frenzy or Dreaded Death Frenzy or the Vermin Lord Corruptor's command ability, um, you just keep stacking more and more attacks. And then when they die, if you have Death Frenzy or Dreaded Death Frenzy, they get to fight again. <laughs> and then if you got Super Saiyan Ultra Death Frenzy, then 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 they get to attack 800 times. Then you just die. They, all the Skaven rush forward and kill everything. It, it, God, it seems dumb. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's this is, but this is that's one why that you have to per- set up. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. Uh, this this is. God, this seems like it's so much fun. It seems so much fun. I don't know how much fun it would be to play against them. In fact, I know it's not always fun to play against them. The players I've played against have made the games fun, but the games themselves have been pretty one-sided when I've been playing Skaven because they get ridiculous. But, God, it seems like it would be mm-hmm. fun to play them. Um, shall we jump on to Clan Scryer? Sure. I picked only one in this one, and I could be way off. Uh, and tell me if I am. I like the Esoteric Warp Resonator, number three. Yes. Okay. The, we'll see. Like I said, you know what's good. I'm just kind of guessing. So I like this is the game I love to play. How how many of the right ones did I pick? Um, so at the start of each battle round, you get an extra extra Warp Stone Spark if this dude is on the, t- the field. He's the only one who can use it. And if it's not used at the end of the battle round, it's lost. But... If you're taking a lot of Clan Scryer stuff, you want... I mean, why not, right? Mm-hmm. And an extra... I mean, that's that's five extra tokens per game. Yeah. Was there anything else in these that I totally missed that I should have mentioned? Uh, the Vigor Dust Ingester, or Injector. Okay. So in your hero phase, you get to pick one friendly Skaven Tidean and Holy Women 12 of the Bearer. Add one to charge and hit rolls for that unit until your next hero phase. However, they take D3 mortal wounds at the start of your next hero phase. So, again, this is making inaccurate attacks more accurate. And it's okay, yeah, because some, yeah, some of those things do get wonky, don't they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Clans Pestilence? Uh, once again, I just I only picked one on this one. Uh, and I'm probably wrong, but uh, I picked the Brooding Blade, number three. Pick one of the melee weapons at the end of the combat phase. Roll a die for each model wounded by this weapon but not slain. On a two-up, they take D3 mortal wounds. Um, I just thought this was a nice thing, especially if you throw a character in there and they're fighting, and you take you you, you know you hit a you hit a, a hero or or one of these really annoying four or five wound you know monster or not monsters but you know big brutes. But an extra D3 mortals 
you know, uh, how many times have you been playing and, and run up on a hero and beat him down to like one wound or two wounds and then they either heals or they run away or they do something? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I just thought that th- it's that little extra bit to finish him off, that little poison that, that pushes him over the edge. I thought that one was a good one. What other, what what did I miss? Um, The Blade of Corruption. Okay. So this one you get to pick a melee weapon and you get to reroll wound rolls. For attacks made by that weapon, that's a Plague Reaper on a Vermin Lord Corruptor. See, and that's, once again, that I didn't even look at those guys. That's why I missed all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is Blistrevis, the Living Cyst. Yuck. Yuck, yes. Cyst <laughs> um, is like a sentient pustule that moves between host to host. Um, so you get to add two to the bear's move characteristic. And in addition, you get to reroll hit rolls for attacks made by them. But starting from the second battle round at the start of your hero phase, if there's another friendly clans pestilence hero within 13 inches of the bear, then the cyst flies over and attaches to them. Of course Even if they does. already have another artifact. Now, does that mean they get to use both artifacts? Yes. Okay. But so you start off and then... Does does this start now? Here's my question. I started off with this guy because you can only take one artifact per hero, right? So I put an it's artifact. one artifact per army, and then an additional one for every battalion, right? But I'm saying, let's say I get a battalion, so I've got more than one artifact. Mm-hmm. Is I thought about this, and I, I started to look at it, and then my brain bent, and I said, "Forget it." Are there any combos that you can think of, or that well, it has to saying? go on a clan's pestilence hero? Oh, okay. So you'd be transferring it from a plague monk or a vermin lord, or a plague priest or a vermin lord, to probably another vermin lord. Um, so if you were to try to do it, you could do like the Ren Three Sword, um, from either Death or Metal, uh, to make those plague reapers really nasty. Um, sort of Judgment's also a good one, or pretty much just anything. Just stack more and more attacks or making them more and more quality. Okay. Um, would that work well with a Blade of Corruption, possibly? Uh, you get to reroll hit rolls and then reroll wound rolls. So, yeah, no, that actually wouldn't be that bad if you get to reroll everything. And the Plague Reapers put out a lot of attacks if that Vermin Lord's at top strength. Right, and like I said, that's what I was trying to think of. It's jumping between, oh, I can have two artifacts. What can I do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, Clan Verminous. Um, okay, I know I must be missing something because I literally marked nothing. Like, nothing here really stood out to me like, oh, I really want one of those. Like, I was just thinking, unless I took all all Clan Verminous heroes, I would probably pick from one of the other lists. That's So what did I miss here? Okay. Vermin Lord Warbringer. Okay. The Things Bane add one to the damage characteristic of his weapon. Oh, see, God bless America. It's the it's these it's the Vermin Lords that I keep not looking at. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one, and then the uh, Flay Cloak or Flay Pelt Cloak. You get to reroll hit and wound rolls of one for attacks made by melee weapons from the bearer. Okay. Again, Vermin Lord. Oh, he hits on threes. He hits on threes, wounds Re- on threes or twos. And rerolls ones. 
And when we get to him with his fists, then it's actually pretty nasty. I see. Okay. Um, all right, so let's we'll keep going. We're getting there, folks. Only two more sets of weapons. And then we get to the spell lures. All right, so now if you're, if you're a clan's molder addict, um, I picked Foul Hide and Rabid Crown. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Excellent. Uh, foul hide, uh, heal D3 wounds in your hero phase. That's, I mean, I see that stuff. I'm always like, yep. Um, you said there is no Molder Vermin Lord, right? No, there is not. Okay, good. So I don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then the Rabid Crown reroll wound rolls for attacks made by friendly clan Molder pack units while they're wholly within 13 inches. So, you know, th- yeah, that's obvious. What Did I miss something? No. Yes, I got one right. All right. Uh, and let's jump over to the tools of Moida. There's Clan Eshin. I chose the Three Fangs, number three, and Gnawbomb, number six. Are those good? That's one of Those are the two of them. Oh, okay. Are, there's more? So I missed there's one? There's one more. Okay. No, uh, actually, there's two more. Okay, so this is this. I'll take those two, and you tell me the ones I missed. Uh, once uh, three fangs. Once in the battle, start of the shooting phase. Pick an enemy hero within six. Roll three dice. If all three rolls are three plus, and the combined value is greater than their wound characteristic, they're dead. So you can't roll any ones or twos, but as long as you roll threes or better, and it's more than their wound characteristic, they're dead. This could potentially kill just about anything. Um, I the mean, biggest thing it can kill is eighteen wounds, right? Well, seventeen. I say wounds. that with a grain of salt. The biggest thing it can kill is eighteen wounds, right? Seventeen. Seventeen wounds. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, granted, you got to roll really well, but once per battle, I can. I mean, you could take down Archeon. You could take down Nagash. No. Oh, how many does he have? Twenty. Archeon is twenty. Oh, well, Nagash you can get though. Good, get him. I, I don't know why I just said that. I, I like Nagash. I have one, but yeah, of course you can't get Archeon. Nothing gets Archeon. Nothing's gonna get Archeon. That's why when that's why when you got this one goofball uh, Skaven Lord who is like, my goal is to replace Archeon. Oh, that's a heck of a goal. You let me know how that works out for you. Uh, and then the Gnaw Bomb once per battle. So I did pick a couple. Oh, these are all once per battle except for one of them. So that's why. Uh, in the hero phase, pick a terrain feature within six inches until your next hero phase. It's a gnaw hole mm-hmm. on top of its normal rules. So once in per battle, <laughs> like if you're in a pickle, boom, this is a gnaw hole now. Get through. Get out. What, I, I love Clan Ashen. I really love Clan Ashen. If they didn't have such ugly models, I, th- that's, I think that's the... Uh, if they had really good models, that might break me and make have me make one of these armies. Yeah, yeah. So which one did I? Which ones did I miss? Uh, the shadow magnet trinket. Okay, what does that do? Um, so once per battle, the bear can start at the fight of the uh, start at fight at the start of the combat phase. Um, so it's essentially like that. The activation wars that we have going on now with the Age of Sigmar. Um, where things strike first and out of order, this guy lets you do that. Okay, so it's yeah, it's an always strike first thing. Okay, got you. Yeah, once. So it's a little more fair. Um, and then the other is the Cube of Miss. 
So once per battle, you get to pick an enemy unit within six inches of the bear at the start of the combat phase. That unit cannot make a pile-in move. And oh. in addition, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by that unit. So it's harder to hit, and they don't get the pile-in, so they're going to get less attacks because they can't get in, get all their guys in. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Hey, that shadow magnet trinket where you're... Uh, you can start it. That that can go on a deceiver, right? A vermin lord deceiver. All of these can go on deceivers, right? So okay, so that's actually getting him to. That's good if you can get him to fight first. You can, then maybe you don't have to worry about them not not fighting later because ain't nobody left to fight you. Exactly. Um, so like the Warpreeper stars is cool, um, but the vermin lord deceiver doesn't have a lot of missile attacks. He's got mm. his tails. And the throwing star, so that would be better on a death master because they have more and more attacks. But eh, I'll skip it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, spell lores. So, gray seers get six spells, and uh, clan scryer gets three. Now, did we say? Now, remind me. There's there is no clan scryer vermin lord. We said right. Correct. And it says Gracier's only because even the warp seer, they're not Gracier's. So this literally none of these none of these magic spells go on to Vermin Lords, am I correct? Correct. Okay. So I I didn't think about it, but now that we keep saying and it can go on Vermin Lords, I'm just double checking. But Thanquil can take a spell from the Lore of Ruin. Oh he can Thanquil can take one. I love Because he's a Gracier. Yes, yes. Oh, and I didn't even mean it that way. I was just repeating myself. Um, I picked Skitter Leap and Death Frenzy. Uh, yep. Um, Skitter Leap on a six. I think a lot of people know what this is. On a six, pick a friendly Skaven Tide hero with a wounds characteristic of 12 or less within 13 inches of the caster. Uh, remove the hero from the battlefield. Set it up anywhere more than nine inches from enemy units. It may not move. So it's it's... It's Skitter Leap. You get to jump them across the board. Uh, they can use it on themselves. Um, and it's great for moving. It's just for heroes, but it's pretty cool. Um, and Well, yeah, because you can pick up a Vermin Lord. That's right, because they have only 12 wounds. Yes, unless you give them a trait to give them more wounds. But then does that change their char- wounds characteristic, or does that just give them extra wounds? It's their wound characteristic. So if you make them bigger than 12, you can't throw them. Okay, but yeah, I know. Th- uh, Thankful loves to skitter leap. He's that. This is his bread and butter. Do something crazy and then get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then death frenzy cast on a seven. Pick a friendly Skaven tide unit that's not a hero, wholly within thirteen inches of the caster, invisible until your next hero phase. When a model from that unit is slain before it's removed from play, it can make a pile and move and then attack with all the missile weapon or melee weapons it's armed with. So this is. We've seen this before. Before you die, you get an extra attack. So if you attack with that unit first, then when it gets attacked back, so it's already made all its attacks, and then it gets extras. Here's my question. And I, I'm not trying to be gamey or anything like that. I just I get confused when it says things like that. It's the one that's died. Before they're removed, they get a pile in, right? Mm-hmm. So if I got a guy way in the back of the unit, like normally we take off the back, right? Because you want the guys in the front to, that are fighting to fight, right? Yep. Um. Would I have to take from the front? Because the guy in the back, if he's four or five inches away because it's a huge pile-in or they're stretched out, um, he can't pile-in an attack because it says 
Yeah, you have to physically make the pile-in move, so you do have to take from the front. So you do have to take from the front. So that could conceivably disengage you from combat afterwards. I mean, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you do have to pull them from the front. So, okay. Or within range to pile in. Okay. That's that's what I was asking, because um, I just... It, you know, we're, you always pull from the back. And so it's not just like, oh, I get all these extra attacks and then I still pull from the back. You pull from the front. Okay. Or from what well, you said, within range. That's. I just wanted to make sure that's how you had to play it. Somebody asked me, I forget who, it might have been Brandon because he's got Skaven stuff. Um, yeah. If that's how you had to do it. And I said, I think so. But Yeah, because the only thing that we've seen this on thus far is uh, like Blood Warriors. The corn guys, are- right? Yeah, those are much smaller units as opposed to, like, 60 clan rats. Right, and that's why I'm asking, because so, it seemed that way. All right, um, what did I miss? Nothing. Oh, so that those are the two best ones? Yes, yes. Yes, yes! All right. Uh, Laura the Warpvolt Galvanism. I love that. Laura of Warpvolt Galvanism. Clan Scryer. I chose more more warp power, and I kind of skipped the others. Uh, I don't know if they're that great. If 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 they're no, if they, no? okay. Uh, more more warp power. Cast it on a seven. Pick a friendly scryer unit within twelve that you can see. Reroll hit and wound rolls until your next hero phase. However, at the end of your next hero phase, they take D three mortal wounds. So this can go on to well, what it can go on a lot of things, can't it? It can go Anything on your clan fiends, right? This can go on storm fiends. This can go on. Gisales. I mean, the big target here is obviously Storm Fiends, um, but Gisales or even Acolytes, um, getting them reroll hit and wound for the gas bombs is not the worst thing in the world. Oh, that's true. That's pretty cool, actually. And it's oh, it's one friendly unit within twelve inches. Yeah, that seemed like the one that I thought was pretty good. Yeah, it's wholly within twelve. So. If it's a unit of uh, acolytes, then they have to be small enough that you can get them all in there. But you can easily do that. Yeah, twelve inches. Yeah, you can do that for tw- thirty-two millimeter bases. So, <laughs> all right, um, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the gnaw hole, and then we'll talk about uh, the some of the units, and then get into the all the cool battalions, and then Alex will tell us all the cool things you can build with the cool combos. Cool. Excellent. Unless it blows up, then it's not excellent. The sounds of violence echoed up the rocky walls of the ravine. Warlock engineer Reeknik of Clan Eckett stood atop the cliff edge. Not too close, lest an ambitious underling give him an accidental shove and looked down upon the carnage below. The ravine was packed from its eastern end by a savage mass of bone-splitter oryx, drums thundering and voices raised in savage chants. Pouring in from the opposite end and meeting the greenskins in bloody battle were the plague monks of Clan Sputix. Ravid Skaven surged in their hundreds against the oryx battle line, shrieking and squealing as they stabbed with poisoned blades. Bells and gongs raised a discordant clangor, and poisonous fumes from dozens of plague sensors wreathed the battle. Through his warp optics, Reeknik could see his temporary ally, the plague priest Skrok, leading the fight from atop his plague furnace. 
Alone, neither clan had been a match for the Greenskins infesting this region, but together they had the strength and cunning to prevail. Thus, after much posturing and numerous threats, the Skaven leaders had managed to agree to a plan. The Plague Monks would lure the Bone Splitters into the ravine before the war engines of Clan Eckett fired from on high to break their strength. Reeknik surveyed his warped lightning cannons lined up along the lip of the ravine. It was almost too easy, he thought, then puffed up his chest and screeched his orders. Fire! Shoot them! Kill Slay the Green Things and Clan Sputix Mountain! Jittering with wicked laughter, his crews pulled firing levers to unleash a rain of death upon the combatants below. Most were still leering in amusement when the plague bombs, wired into scryer firing mechanisms by gutter-runner saboteurs in the pay of plague priest Scrock, detonated. The Eckett batteries vanished in a roiling cloud of corrosive smog that rusted brass and iron in seconds and reduced Reeknik and his underlings to bubbling slicks of rotting flesh before they could even scream. In the ravine below, Plague Priest Scrock glanced up with an evil grin as he saw the lethal cloud erupt along the scryer firing line. He didn't need those cog snouts, he thought madly, as Skaven and Oryx fought and died all around him. The Clan Sputix was invincible. And we are back, heading through the gnaw holes of the Skaven army. <laughs> I'm running right through your gnaw hole. Here we go. Um, this is this is a cool. They're 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 kind of big. I don't think they're too big though. I've heard people say that they think they're too big because there's three of them that takes up a lot of a lot of uh, real estate. Yeah, but you got to have enough room for the to be able to bring out these big units. Otherwise, it's useless. Yeah. So, okay. Um, you get three of them. Am I correct? Up to three. Up to three of them. Okay, so uh, you can have up to three of them, although you'd need at least two, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a benefit just to having one, but... Um, okay, well, explain that once we go through the rules then, because I, yeah. I don't see it. Um, so after territories are set are chosen, but before your army's set up, you can set up the gnaw holes. Each one has to be wholly within eight inches of the edge of the battlefield, more than three inches from any enemy units or objectives. Well, if you're doing it before the armies are set up, it would automatically be away from enemy units, but the objectives, I see. Uh, and more than an inch from any other terrain features. If both players can set up terrain features, roll off and see. So it's got to be an inch from... So if you've got a lot of terrain on the field, or if I'm placing stuff, you can kind of strategically keep these gnaw holes away, can't you? If you wanted to be a butthead. I'm just saying, well, I mean, I don't necessarily want you dropping that crap in my backfield. If I've got stuff I can put there, and I'm not saying I'm purposely setting up terrain to do that. You should not be purposely setting up terrain yes. to mess with your opponent. I'm saying if I have my own stuff to place and I can kind of try to place that strategically to keep your gnaw hole stuff away. Correct. Okay. So I placed, So you place your gnaw holes. In fact, um, and then once you do it, you can use one to transport one friendly Skaven Tide unit. And how you do that is the unit's got to be wholly within six inches of the gnaw hole. And this is the starting moving phrase. And a friendly hero must be within six inches of the gnaw hole. If this is the case, take the unit from the battlefield, set it up wholly within six inches of another gnaw hole, more than nine inches from enemy models. That counts as their movement. 
So that it's pretty simple. You get the whole thing within six and a hero there to, to make it work, and you pick them up and you move them to the other one. Uh, I suppose if I wanted to keep them away, I could just move, if I have enough models to do something like this, because you're, you're literally assigning units to guard the gnaw holes. Um, if I can get guys close enough where I can keep those bigger units from transferring, I could just put guys there to block to keep them from doing that, right? Yes. Um, Skaven Tide Unit treats this terrain as arcane, which means uh, for casting and binding their wizards, uh, get plus one uh, if they're within an inch. Other units treat it as deadly. So any uh, non-Skaven Tide units... If you finish a normal move or a charge within an inch of this, roll a die and on a uh, on a one, you take D three mortals. Um, in addition, you can add one of the dice that determines if a prayer is answered by priest within an inch. So that's where that becomes two up rerollable. If you've got that reroll feature for your prayers, yes, yeah, that's they're pretty good. I, now, when I played against um. um and I was playing against the, the from Detroit, um, Mark or is it Mike? I always I always call him the wrong name, and then Relian corrects me because I'm just rude and stupid. Mike, Mike, right? Um, when Mike played it, and it seemed like the best thing, he had one like dead center in the back against his table edge, mm-hmm. and then one each one the other one went dead center on the uh, short table edge. So yes. that seemed like the best setup. Like I looked at, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, if you drop it back by me, I'm just going to block it with something anyway. Mm-hmm. But keeping it there, you can you can literally get guys all the way across the long side of the board quickly in a quick turn with that. It, they're pretty cool. It's a pretty they good are. terrain feature. Like it looks good, and it, it's it it can be quite effective if used properly. I think. Hmm. But even if you only can get one on the table. Just even to bump your casting or your prayers, that's still not bad. Oh, yeah. yeah duh. Um, and then how we were talking earlier, it's like, well, why wouldn't uh, they let other armies through their gnaw holes? Like, there's an example here of a iron jaw that goes into a gnaw hole after a skaven, and he just melts apart. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's uh, uh, that's uh, that's. I think that's one of our readings for the commercial break. So, um. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, I, and I like it. I think I think they're I think they look cool as as terrain pieces. They look cool. They're not as big as those obnoxious boats that those those deepkin jerks that play that stuff use. Um, wait, who said that? Um, I don't. And they're not. And it's not putting down all these giant terrain features that the Sylvaneth players do. Uh, I just like them. I think they look cool. I like what they do. That's uh, lore wise. It's it's pretty cool. Hmm. All right, uh, skip the battle plans. Oh, Path to Glory. going to tear these pages. I mean, skip these pages. Uh, we're going to skip. The battle plan where it's the, where you're fighting three different territories by traveling through the gnaw holes. That's a cool one. It's cool. And I just wanted to mention it because it just looks fun. Yeah, you literally got to split up your board by the two foot. Of course, if you're playing with a realm of battle board, you could literally disconnect the parts. Mm-hmm. And then play it that way. Another cool reason to have a realm of battle board. Um, shall we skip the uh, battalions? Uh, yeah, until we, can we just until we jump get... into the war scrolls. <laughs> I see what you did there. <sighs> All right, first up is Thankwall. 
I love him. I'm so glad that he made it over from the. Uh, I'm so glad the Great Horned Rat grabbed him and brought him over from the uh, other realms because he's his his character is so much fun. He's just literally insane. He's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to take all this because it's a ton, and I've already been talking because I'm I I get through all the normally it's very short when we do the artifacts and the spells, and I get to do my guesses and read them all. But this has been very long. I've done most of the talking. Why don't you grab some of this? Okay. So let's start with the complicated part. Um, There's a special ability called Protection of the Horned Rat that applies to a lot of models in this army, um, particularly the characters. So we're just going to cover that immediately. Um, So you roll a die each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to this model. And on a five up, that wound or mortal wound is negated. Um, that's pretty big, and it's going to come up a lot. Yeah, um, so yeah, protection of the horned rats, a five-up ward save, and yeah, essentially, lots of, yeah. lots of guys get it. Yeah. Um. So, Thanquil himself only has his attack profile, which is just two attacks with his staff, four by three, ran one damage, d three. So typical wizard attacks. The rat ogre, though, Bone Ripper, you get to arm him differently. Bone Ripper. So he can take any. With a total of four Warpfire weapons, which can be any combination of braziers or projectors. The braziers are the combat ones, and then the projectors are the shooty ones. Um, And we'll get to the benefits plus minus of each of these. Um, And then he's also got crushing blows, which is a variable number of attacks. Fours by threes, run one damage too. So he does hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, Okay, now we'll just move on to his plethora of abilities. Uh, Staff of the Horned Rat, so you get to add um, the dice to, or the dive, or the value to casting rolls that he makes. So uh, he basically starts at plus two to plus to zero. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, He gets to heal a wound in your hero phase, just for free. Um, Now the braziers themselves are threes to hit, threes to wound, ren two, damage three. Um, and the tax characteristic for that weapon is equal to double the number of braziers that he's armed with. So if he has zero braziers, you don't get to attack with them. If he has four, you get eight swings with the braziers. That, or in some combination. Yeah, so the minimum of two swings with the braziers. Threes by threes, two run down. That's good. I mean, that's pretty cool. But yeah, then again, no, it, it's... it's it's not the warp fire projectors. And I'm just going to say this, and I think I said it in the lore. Really, personally, just make do it. I mean, it seems like everybody just takes four projectors, and it's kind of gross and dumb. Um, I would just have it. Be, I, if, I, if I was getting to write this stuff, I would just have it be two and two and just get the warp fire braziers, get four attacks. You still get the thing, but you don't have to worry about the special rules. Just have a V2 and 2 because people are going to take four war prior projectors because this rule's just too good. I'm, uh, yeah. Unless I'm wrong, no, but I don't not. think I am. So go ahead. Now that I've already complained before I even said what it was, go ahead and tell everybody how dumb this is. Okay. So this rule also applies to the Storm Fiends that have warp fire projectors and then the, uh, the flamethrower. Right. Um, so this one, you do not use an attack sequence. Um, Instead, you roll a die for each model in a target unit that is within eight inches of Thanquil. And essentially, for each projector that you have, you get to roll a dice at that model. 
So if you have four projectors, you get to roll four dice for each model within eight inches of him. So if it's a huge horde and you've got, I mean, that within eight inches, you could literally get 40, 50, 60 models within eight inches, depending. Okay, and then you times that by four. See, this is why it's dumb. And that's how many dice you roll. And for each four plus, the unit takes a mortal wound. Why so, wouldn't you take this? There is no reason to take this over getting two attacks per brazier at threes by threes, two rend damage three. There's literally no reason to take the other thing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just, I'm not, I, I, you know, I, you know, I try not to be negative, but when you give, I mean, I, I'm not even a, I'm not that kind of player, and I would not take the braziers. Like, there is literally no reason on earth not to take four projectors. Yeah, the only thing that is the downside to the projector is that it only works during your shooting phase, whereas the braziers work all the time. And against the wrong opponent, these things are useless. If you're fighting... No, no, hang on. If you're fighting against... A dragon or something that moves faster than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this thing, you have to be strategic on what goes after Thanquil and try to limit where he can lay down the fire. So there's a reason to take two and two, I guess. I would, if I, I'm, I'm I was doing wrong. it, I would personally take two and two. <sighs> because with the braziers, you get some decent fight in case he gets into a combat. And then with the projectors, if you're going up against one wound infantry, Two of them you're going to kill enough. a model just based on dice average. Yeah. So you really only need two. Yeah, because uh, two, you know, two dice at four up per model. Will generally kill them. Will generally kill each one wound model. So no matter how many you've got, odds are you're going to take it out. I suppose you can. Eh, maybe I'm complaining too much. Maybe you should uh, just. It's one of those things that when you think about it in theory, where you get to roll 160 dice at a unit of four, 40 guys and kill them twice over, it's overkill. But if your player's smart and only throws you single models, bigger models, then you're, your rat's dead. Hmm. Okay. So maybe it's not – I just keep hearing horror stories. I haven't had to play against it. It just looks insane. Plus, you know, I'm, I'm building horde armies right now. So that's, how do I even go after that? Like that's just dumb. It's one of those things that if you have one big elite model that can hold him, um, specifically like um, a black coach, if you're playing Nighthaunt or a Terrorgeist or just something that can grab him. A famous dwarf slayer. Him. Yeah. He's killed famous dwarf slayer times, yeah. Just punch him to death but um okay so that's all the weapons you can do with <laughs> um Thanquil. and then um he's got warp zone addiction so in each of your hero phases when he attempts to cast a spell you can say that he will eat a warp stone token before the casting roll if you do so you roll 3d6 it cannot be re-rolled or modified and if the 3d6 roll is a 13 the spell is cast and it cannot be unbound, but then he takes D6 mortal wounds. If the 3D6 roll was not 13, you get to remove one die of your choice, 
and then use the remaining two d six as the casting roll. Okay, so just, so it, it, to to put it in, I think basically once once in the hero phase, you can roll three and pick the two highest. That's basically what you're doing. But if it's a thirteen, it becomes unstoppable and it and it backfires on you. Yes. Um, but then you get the protection of the horned rat ability to negate a third of them, but you would also lose the staff of the horned rat bonus because he cannot modify it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well right. it's a plus so, two, and if it's only a plus one, I'll take the three dice and and lose one rather than take the plus one. Yeah. So it just really depends on what's going to work best. All right. So. In addition, he's a wizard. He gets to cast and unbind two spells. Um, He knows the two basics and then madness. And this one is a little tricky. Um, Cast value eight. If it goes off, you pick an enemy hero within three inches of Thanquil invisible to him and roll a number of dice equal to the combined value of the attacks characteristics of all melee weapons that hero is armed with. Then for each five up, you can inflict one mortal wound on one enemy unit within three inches of that hero. So it doesn't. Have you to can choose different that. units. That's great. It depends on the hero you're f- going against. Well, I'm saying, um, yeah, but uh, there's plenty of heroes who get a, a a bucket load of attacks. Yeah. No, it's so just what's on their. It's just what's on their scroll, though. It's not like any weird bonuses they might get for attacks or anything like that, right? Well, if you get something that adds plus two to your tax characteristic. Your attack characteristic, but it's not like if you get plus D3 on the charge or anything like that. Well, you charge, so I'm taking your plus D3. Yes. Oh, you can. But this happens during the hero phase. Oh. So it wouldn't happen. Okay. In theory, you could get that, but you can't because it happens in a different sequence. Okay. All right. And then he's got the power behind the throne command ability. So you use it at the start of your hero phase. And if you do so, until your next hero phase, one friendly Skaven hero other than him can use at the double without spending a command point, which is the auto run six. Right. Or no, at the double is, uh, yeah, no, it's auto run six. I think so, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. And then you can use forward to victory from another Skaven hero, which is the reroll charge roll without spending a command point. And a third friendly Skaven hero other than him can use Inspiring Presence without a command point being spent. So do they, they, I'm assuming that when it says this one, another one, and a third, that it, it literally has to be three different heroes? Or can yes. you? So you can't pile it all on the same hero? You can't? I don't believe so. Yeah, and I, I checked the FAQs, and I didn't see that it say, I didn't see a thing about this. So, but it does say... You know, pick another and then a third. So I'm assuming that it has to be three, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's essentially a three for one, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's no range, so it can be a hero anywhere on the table that can do these things. Yeah. Well, and that, um, that, that's that's almost necessary. You're never going to keep all these heroes together in a little clump just to do this. You're going to... You could, but that's just not how the rule is written. Right. Um, so... That's all of that. And then his profile, he moves anywhere between 10 and 6, depending on how much damage he's taken. 4 up save, 7 bravery, and 14 wounds. So. Nice. And he is 400 points. Is he worth it? Uh, yeah. 
Okay. I mean, I kind of thought he was. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, he is. Um, but again, it just really depends on the rest of your army and what you want to do. So. Okay. Um, we got five different vermin lords. We got one named character, Lord Screech, Vermin King. And then we've got the Deceiver, the Corrupter, the Warbringer, and the Warpseer. Mm-hmm. Let's... Uh, can, can we just generalize this? I don't want to go over five of the same thing and talk about each little subtle difference. Can we sort of generalize here? I mean, for yeah, sure. I, I just... I like this book, but this we already have two hours of lore, and we're going to have like four hours of war. Uh, this is going to add it. If we do all, he's going to add another 30 minutes. I just don't want to. I I love you guys. I just can't do this. And nobody wants to sit and listen to us just read the book, honestly. Even I don't want to do that anymore. Um, should we do Screech Vermin King as his own thing? Because he does have, I mean, he is a special character. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, so start off, they all have 12 wounds, 4 up, save, 10 bravery. They all have protection of the horned rat. So they're all 4s by 5s, or well, just 5s if it's mortal wounds. Um, Screech is terrifying, so if you're within 3 inches of him, you're minus 1 bravery. That applies to all of them. They all have it. Oh, they're all terrifying. Okay, so they're all terrifying, so that's another thing that just everybody has. Um, and the, I don't think anything else is exactly the same. I mean, the some of their stats on their weapons and stuff is the same, but... Whatever. They all have prehensile tails. Okay. Um, so that's their shooting attack. Uh, it's six inches. Variable number of attacks, threes by threes, run one damage. One gets worse as they take damage. Um, he's also got a doom glaive. This also applies to the other two that have glaives when we talk about them. Uh-huh. Um, six attacks, threes by threes, run one damage, D3, and it's a three-inch reach. That's a, That's nice. And then Plague Reapers, it's a bucket of attacks, threes by threes, ran one, damage one on him. Uh, the Vermin Lord Corruptor has this, but he does not have rend. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, let's look at now. Um, Lord Vermin King uh, has something called the 13-headed one. He's got a whole bunch of stuff. Basically, at the start of your hero phase, pick one of the following areas of knowledge for this model to draw upon. The rule is applied to this model until your next hero phase. You can't pick the same one more than once. So there's six uh, there's six things you could pick here. Start of your hero phase, you get to pick one every turn, and you're going to rotate through most of them because you can't pick the same one. So either you can add one to cast Dispel and Unbind for him, heal D3 wounds, to him um, subtract one from hit rolls targeting him the doom glaive gets rend three instead of rend one for one round plus one to hit for him for that round or uh, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with his plague reaper is six it does a mortal wound on top of everything else so it's all little good it's all good little buffs you never know what's going to come at you he's always got something mm-hmm uh, and then he's got the dreaded 13th spell. Cast on an 8. Pick an enemy unit within 13. Uh, roll 13 dice. Every 4 up, they take a mortal wound. wound and then summon a number a unit of clan rats um, with one model for every mortal wound that's inflicted. They have to be set up within 13 inches of caster, more than 9 inches from enemy units, and they can't move. So 13, you can have, basically, you can wind up with up to 13 a unit of up to 13 clan rats if this spell goes off. You, this is the one that they actually turned the enemy models into clan rats, right? Yes. 
Okay, so that's what's happening. You're literally turning them into clan rats and then using them in your battle. Cool. And his command ability is called Rat King. Start of the combat phase. Reroll wound rolls of one for friendly Skaven Tide units wholly within 13 inches of him. That's, he's, he's cool. All these vermin lords are cool. They're all good. And then we should also note they're also all cast and unbind two spells. All right, so what about this here Corruptor? What's so special about him? Um, He's kind of ugly. Um, So the big thing, like we've covered about him in the Pestilence review previously. He's gotten a couple of updates, uh, the first of which if the unmodified hit roll for one of his Reapers is a six, it does a mortal wound and the attack sequence ends. Okay. So he's got ten attacks to start going down to six as he takes damage. So okay. that's pretty legit. Um, he's also got Plague Master. So at the end of the combat phase, you roll a die for each enemy unit within one. And on a four up, that enemy unit takes D3 mortal wounds. So just a little extra splash. Oh, uh, great. He's got the protection of a horned rat. Terrifying like they all do. Uh, cast Unbind Two Spells. His spell is actually pretty nasty because you want him to get close. Uh, so this is the Dreaded Plague. Uh, okay. Cast value 7. If it goes off, pick an enemy unit within 13 inches of him and roll a die for every model in that unit. And on a 4-up, it takes a mortal wound. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Uh, and then his command ability works in the combat phase. Uh, if you use it in that here in that combat phase, you get to re-roll hit rolls for friendly clans pestilence units while they're wholly within 13 inches of him. So that includes himself, obviously. Um, and that is potentially a lot of dice. As we get to the Plague Monks later, um, they roll a lot of dice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of silly how how much goes on here. So, uh, so that's him. Um, what about the rest of these guys? I, I know there's one that I played against, and I think that was the Warp Seer. Yeah, it was probably the Warp Seer. He's the uh, favorite child right now of them. Okay. Um, but in any event, uh, moving on in our order, the Warbringer. Oh, right, okay. So this is the Verminous one. Uh, he's got a Doomglaive, which uh, Screech has, the same profile. Um, he's also got a spike fist, which is one attack threes by twos to fours with Ren 2 damage two. So a little extra punch damage. Uh, he's got an interesting set of rules. Um, he gets to reroll wound rolls for attacks that he makes if he is within 13 inches of 13 or more friendly Skaven models. So this is the adoring public to feed his towering ego. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Now, I did notice that with that spike fist, only one attack, it's two damage. But if you roll a six, an unmodified six, it basically becomes six damage. Yeah, the fists of verminous supremacy. Oh, jeez. Okay. And when we were talking about that one command trait where you get to add three to the attack values of all their melee weapons. Oh, okay. Oh. So you punch four times, you get nine attacks with the glaive, um, which then ironically gets him to 13 attacks. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, okay. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, his spell is an amped version of Death Frenzy, so you get to pick up to D3 friendly Skaven units, hold even 13 inches of him, um, and until your next hero phase, when one of them dies, it can make a pile and move and then attack. So if you have this with the regular Death Frenzy on the same unit, they both go off. Because they're different spells. So what, they get they get... If they die, they get to pile in and attack and pile in and attack again? Yes. Oh, that's so dumb. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Um, and then his command ability only affects uh, clans' verminous units, and it only goes in the combat phase. And in that phase, you can reroll hit and wound rolls of one for any clans' verminous units while they're holding within 13 inches of him. Okay. And then we get to the warps here. Now, this is the one that I was up against. And this one, ugh. So, basically, uh, if it's on the battlefield at the start of the hero phase, roll a die, and on a three up, you get a command point. On a six, you get D3 command points. So he's getting extra command points. He's got the protection. He's terrifying. He's also got the scry orb, which allows him to re-roll save rolls. For attacks that target him. In addition, once per battle, in the shooting phase, pick an enemy unit within 13, and that unit just takes D6 mortal wounds, but then you can't re-roll your save rolls after doing that. Um, this is what I find. So he's got a 4-up re-rollable with a 5-up uh, ward save, basically, and then every t- I, well, then you put the stupid ethereal thing on him. Yes, the ethereal amulet. So it's a 4-up, four 4-up, four 5-up. Yeah, with no no adjustments. Four up, four up, five up. And then you hit him with something like 30-some-odd hits, and if the roll's halfway decent, he takes no wounds. <clears throat> oh, it's so annoying. Uh, uh, and then he's got a his spell. Um, you pick a... Goes off on an eight, pick a unit within 26, and they take D6 mortal wounds, and their running charge rolls are halved. And then they can't fly if they can fly. That's, you know, just, I know it goes off on an eight, but D6 mortal wounds on top of the scry orb. He can just, uh, this thing is ugly. It's just dumb. Um, and then, uh, no, uh, no, his, his command ability is no battle shock for models that are wholly within 26 in, for Skaven units wholly within 26 inches. So most of the board. Mm-hmm. This is this is this guy. This guy particularly, especially with that ethereal amulet, is just dumb. Yes, I would totally uh, take him. Like, I, I there's no re. I mean, of course you would. The only issue with him is he's three hundred points. Um, yeah. I know that's not a big of an issue, um, comparatively speaking, but no. Even Gotrek would have the trouble taking him down. Yes. Yes, yes. This is dumb. All right. Um, let's get past the stuff that's irritating me, and let's go on to other things that would irritate me. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? Wait, should we take a break? I think sure. we said we are going to take a break after we went through the Warp Seers or something like that. Um, I don't know all how long the, it's been. All the Vermin Lords? Yeah, all the Vermin Lords. All right.
Morgaz swung his massive choppa, ripping through another skaven neck. The blow sent his victim's head spinning away with a surprised look plastered on its verminous features. Keep at him, lads! bellowed Morgaz at the iron-jaw brutes fighting all around him. We's got him on the run! A ratman clad in black launched itself at him, its extended foot claw catching him square in the jaw in a vicious flying kick. Roaring, Morgaz swatted his assailant out of the air and stomped on its head. Bone gave way with a satisfying crunch, and Morgaz laughed with the simple exhilaration of battle. Ahead, he saw the last of the Skaven were in full and panicked retreat. They scrambled over one another, biting and clawing to reach the great pit full of swirling green energies that pulsed in the ground up ahead. One by one, the Skaven flung themselves into the pit, and Morgaz snarled as he realized his quarry were escaping. None of that, you hairy little gits, he roared, and broke into a bullish charge. His brutes followed him, the ground shaking with their armored footfalls as they stampeded through the fleeing ratmen. Morgaz grabbed for a skaven, but it slipped his grasp, chittering mockingly at him before diving into the pit. You ain't getting away that easy, barked Morgaz, taking a firm grip on his choppa and jumping after the ratman. There was a lurid green flash, and he found himself stumbling down a warped tunnel. Perspective wheeled around him, and through a haze of dizziness and nausea, Morgaz saw the ratmen vanishing away into the shadows. Yet he found he couldn't pursue, couldn't even take a breath of the swirling green gases that surrounded him. Morgaz felt his skin tingle, then burn as fell energies assailed him, and to his horror, he realized his armor was rusting and his flesh beginning to melt before his eyes. The orc stumbled a few more paces before his leg bones snapped like dry tinder, and he spilled to the ground with a clatter of disintegrating armor. What? More? Kill use! He croaked the words and felt something warm and bubbling spill over his rotting tusks. Furious and bewildered, Morgaz managed one last snarl before his vision turned red, then black, and life fled his rotted form. And we're back. Yay. All right. Um... Grace here on a screaming bell. Is I am I wrong that this is these are pretty good? Like I you could take a couple of these, like if you wanted to go this way with your army. Yes, you could. These things seem good. Um They are. Their bravery is only six, uh, but they got thirteen wounds with a four up save. Um all melee weapons. Um very I mean most of it's fours by fours or fours by three, but they all have one rend. They're one to two damage, so it's. I mean, it's not bad, but I don't think that's the. Uh, I don't think that's the attraction of this. This no. particular this particular toy. Um, let's see, different abilities. No battle shock. No, no battle shock for Skaven Tide Holy within thirteen inches of this. Uh, it's still got protection of the Horned Rat. Um, now you used to have to put all you literally had to put models on either side of this. You had to rank up models to push this thing. Mm-hmm. Now you just have to have uh, be within six inches of ten or more friendly models. 
Um, and the little rusty spikes get an extra D6 worth of attacks if it charges. But so as long as you got 10 models near it, it can move or it can start moving, which mm-hmm. I kind of like that better because then you can move it around and then just try to get stuff near it without because that was that was big and clunky and crazy. Yeah, to try uh, to move that. Yeah, and then you basically go in there and you try to hit them from the side. And you wouldn't even be attacking the bell. You're just trying to kill the rats around it so that you could stop it from moving and then kill it. Um, I, I, I kind of like this better because you would think if you killed those rats, the, the, whoever's leading it would just send other rats to go push it. So it never 100% made sense the way we ran it before. Now it seems uh, to make a little more sense. Um all right. Would you mind explaining? Well, I mean, it's got the spell we can do, but this uh, peel of doom because I'm reading it and I think I get everything about it, but then I know there's. I mean, there were questions and things that I had um, that I don't think were in the FAQ. Uh, about do you want it. me to ring your bell, Dave? Please, please ring my bell. Ding dong ding. So, okay. Let's see here. So this is obnoxious. Uh, so at the start of your hero phase, you roll two d six. And look at the table. You just roll. Um, so if you're all snake eyes, every unit within three inches takes D3 mortal wounds. Good? Yep, I got that one. Okay. Three to four, you get to add D6 to this model's move characteristic. Got it. So that's not bad. Okay. Uh, five, six, you roll a die for each enemy unit within range of its peel of doom which is anywhere from 26 to 10, depending on how much damage it takes. Okay. And on a 4 plus, the unit takes a mortal wound. So 5 and 6 is getting close to common, and in the beginning, at least, it's like most of the board. On a, you're rolling for your enemies, and on a 4-up, it's just one mortal. It's not that bad. That's not that bad. No. Um, avalanche of energy, so this is the 7, so this is what you're going to roll most common. Um, until the end of the hero phase, you get to add one to casting rolls, for Skaven Tide Wizards that are within range of the peel. Okay, and that's pretty good. Yep. And here's the where apocalypt- it gets weird. Yeah. Okay. Apocalyptic Doom. Uh, it's the same thing. This is the 8 to 9, so you roll a die for each enemy unit within the range. Not a 4-up, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Better than the 5 and 6, still pretty good. Yep. Uh, 10 11 is the Wall of Unholy Sound. So until your next tier of phase, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy units while they're wholly within range of the peel. Right. Okay. And he, now, if you roll the 12, this is where I've got my questions. And I don't know if they were answered in the FAQ or not, but the listeners will probably have the same questions. So you roll a 12 and you summon a vermin lord. Boom. Plop him down nine inches away from the enemy, but within the peel of doom's range. So depending on where it is, it could be anywhere from 10 to 26 inches. If you roll this result a second or subsequent time during a battle, heal up to 12 wounds allocated to this model instead of summoning a vermin lord. Okay. So I roll it up. I roll 12. First turn, I got a free vermin lord. I roll it again. I get to heal up to 12 wounds, which basically, I mean, the only thing only has 13 wounds. To start, yeah. Yeah, so heal up to 12 wounds allocated to this model. So that's basically, it, I mean, that's if you're at 1, you're back up to 13. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're at 7, you're back up to 13 because it's up to 
up to 12, but you can't go past the... Correct. Okay, so that's fine. Now, if I've got more than one bell... Yes. Does this count separately for each bell? Yes. So three bells, I roll three twelves by the grace of God. I'm pulling out three vermin lords. Yes. <sighs> okay, I realize that's a slim chance of that happening, but still. Yes. That, that could be dumb. It. The real irritator is the 10 to, 10 to 11, because that stacks too. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That's right. So I've got three of them, and they've all—it's all—they're all fresh. They're all rolling forward. These things stack. I could literally drop you down by two or three or however many bells I have worth of hits to hit rolls. Oh, this is as good as I thought it was. I, I like this model. I like this. I oh, I mean, they're not cheap. No. But if you want to build an army around just rolling forward and ringing the bell, you could mm-hmm. totally do that, couldn't you? You could. Oh my goodness! And what's the what's the wait? That thing's only wait. I, I don't know if I'm. I don't have the GHB in front of me. Uh, is this correct? Is that two hundred? Two twenty. Oh, it went up to two, ooh, up to two twenty. Well, maybe it's not worth it now. <laughs> two twenty. Uh, that's the cost of my. That's that's uh, Lord Celestin Tana Drakoth. Right? I think it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Somebody This book is cool and this book is fun. I it why do I feel like somebody needs a slap? That's just me personally. That's just my opinion. I mean, hey, look, I don't know. I, I don't want to say nothing. I know you, you know. Uh, it just feels like this is just a negative play experience. It it on it, it with so many like it feels like I can make six or seven different lists that are all just bananas. Mm-hmm. Not just six or seven decent lists, you know, which is what you want in a book. You want to be able to have variety, you know. But this yeah. is just like, oh, that that's no fun to play. Oh, that's no fun either. How about this? That's no fun either. Like I bet if I had a contest, we could get like, you know, and I'm not. It's nothing. I can get guys like who are good at list writing. You could actually do this. Relian could do it. Uh, a couple other guys, and just say how many different ridiculous, filthy lists could you get? And I bet you could get at least a half a dozen that people would just be like, "Ugh, I don't want to see that." At least. Mm-hmm. This is bananas. Okay, I, I should shut up or at least quit complaining. Um, and then the last uh, thing that this bell has is Cracks Call. I like this spell. Uh, Val- cast on a six. Pick a unit with an 18. Roll 2d6. If it's bigger than their move characteristic, they take a number of mortal wounds equal to the difference. It has no effect on units that can fly. This is literally a crack coming in, coming through the earth. So mm-hmm. if they can fly, it doesn't affect them. Um 2d6 against their move characteristic against a... I mean, that could be really good against a lot of things. I mean, heck... Well, your average roll is a 7, and average movement for stuff is somewhere between 4 and 6. But a decent roll, you could really do some damage. Because, yeah, I think a, a lot of the stuff I have is all 4s and 5s. 
Yeah. But then there are some armies that this thing is that this particular spell you cannot use against because everything flies. Yeah, Nighthaunt is immune to this spell. Oh, I was just thinking about that. I was looking at I, I'm sitting here looking at the stuff sitting on the table that I'm doing the basing for, going, "Wait, I think all these guys fly." Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And you can make some lists where it's just all flyers and be done with it. Yeah, but I mean I don't think this one spell is the the thing you got to no. you got to try to avoid in this this here list. Yeah, no, so. no. Um and then the other thing is this guy can cast an unbind two spells while he's on the bell. Oh, that's good, too. Well, yeah, he, same with the gray seer. On well, foot, he can though. cast an unbind two on on his on foot. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of which, the dude on foot, five up save, five wounds. Uh, his warp zone staff. I mean, he's only got one attack, one rend, d three damage. I mean, it's pretty average. Um, but he's he, he basically. I mean, he's just there to cast spells, isn't he? He is. Um. Once in a hero, once in each hero phase, when you're going to cast a spell, because he's like you said, is two and two, you can eat a warpstone token, and then that's where you roll the three d six. If it's a thirteen, um, it's basically irresistible force. Cast can't be unbound after uh, oh, after it's been. Now you just die. Yes. The other one, you just, oh, thankfully you just took wounds, and this one you just die. Mm-hmm. That is a little different. If it's not a 13, you just remove the lowest, and that's your casting roll. Mm-hmm. Um, two by two, and he has Wither. Uh, cast on a seven, pick someone within 13, roll 2d6. If it's greater than their wounds characteristic, they take d3 mortals. In addition, if it's greater than the... Wait. if it's Also, if it's greater than the wound characteristic, take one, subtract one to hit... Until their next hero phase. Oh, because it's with because you're weakening them. I get it. So D three mortals and minus one to hit. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty good, isn't it? That is a good spell. It's only a thirteen inch range though. Yeah, but see if you get all them screaming bells and they hit those tens and elevens. You got a little bit of protection, but not No, but what not I'm saying enough. is you could you could throw one of these out too, if you had one on the foot. Mm-hmm. After you ten and eleven them, just you know, just to get that extra to push it even farther into the you're never going to hit anything. Yeah, the other thing that they put in the FAQ uh, is that if this guy casts a skitter leap uh-huh. while he's on a Balewind vortex, okay, yeah, the I... vortex goes with him, <laughs> so then it boosts the range of the spell to nineteen inches. So. <laughs> the vortex goes with him. Yes, because it's considered a single model. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, what are we coming up on here? Um, the next bunch of All stuff of the clan scryer. is clan scryer. Let's roll through this then. Um, we don't have to. No, okay. The arch warlock. Um. Basically, all sixes on his stats except his save. He's got a three-up save. The Archwarlock's got a pretty good save. And he's got some pretty decent weaponry, too. He doesn't have many attacks. Mm-hmm. But his Halberd's threes by threes, two ren, D3 damage. His Piston Claw's fours by threes, two ren, three damage. I mean, he's only got one attack each, but what are you going to do? Um, oh, and here's the more and more Storm Cage. Before you make your hit roll, 
you can overload the generator. So then the damage becomes D6 instead of D3. Uh, but if you roll a 1, then you take D6 mortal wounds instead. And that's basically... They've got that on all of this. This is more and more Storm Cage for a Storm Cage halberd. Uh, the Warlock Engineer has more and more warp. There's more and more Doom Rocket and the Bombardier. Um, more and more warp lightning. So most of these guys have that option. You can mm-hmm. overload it, boost the damage, uh, basically double the damage, but if you roll a one. So, okay, well, that covers all of them at least. Um, once per battle, you can pick a unit with an eight in the shooting phase, and on a two-up they take D3 mortals. And he can cast two and unbind one. These, their, their casters seem to be able to cast a lot. Yeah, they're big ones. Yeah. Uh, and then this one has warp lightning. On a seven, pick D3 enemy units within 13 inches. They suffer D3 mortal wounds. You can use your accumulator and uh, make it be D6 mortal wounds. Uh, however, no, this one's interesting. And this one I remember reading in the FAQ because I stopped and said, what is this? Okay. So D3 enemy units take D3 mortal wounds. You can bump it to D6 mortal wounds. But if you cast it and you fail or it's unbound, then you take D3 times D6 mortal wounds, Mm -hmm. which is literally what you say. You roll the D3. You roll the D6. You multiply those two numbers together. So it can be anywhere from one wound to 18. I like that. That's the type of thing I would use constantly. <laughs> I'm going to bump it to D6 mortal wounds for all you guys around me. And if it blows up, it blows up. Because everything in this book is pretty darn cool until it blows up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you want to take some of these? Because I've been yapping enough. The engineer, the bombardier. Yeah. So these guys are pretty much the same. Uh, the engineer has the same um, warp energy thing with his halberd um where he just gets to bump it up but it's the same thing rolls a one takes d6 um the bombardier before you shoot off the rocket you can overload the warhead and the damage characteristic goes from d6 to 2d6 but if the unmodified hit roll is a one then you take take 2d6 2d6 mortal wounds from the rocket head exploding so basically whatever you bump it to is what you're going to take because yeah. the other one's bumped to D6 and you take D6. This guy takes two D6. Can mm-hmm. you get these little... Oh, these are, oh, yeah, these are different. These are the singles. I was thinking of the weapons teams. The weapons teams are harder to find. This guy, the Bombardier, is also hard to find because he was only in the Carrion Empire box. Oh, okay. But see, I so, thought somebody was hard to find. Yeah, this is one of them. Um, and then they both can cast Warp Lightning, uh, which is just pick an enemy unit. They take D3, but you can boost it. To again, same thing, um, but you just take D six mortal wounds. But any number of engineers can attempt to cast war light, warp lightning in the same phase. Huh. So if you take a lot of these guys, you can throw a lot of warp lightning, but then the range is only thirteen inches. So they got to run up forward and just start throwing warp lightning. But that <laughs> that would be awesome. Just all these guys yeah. running up with their crazy weapons, just like, more, 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 warp lightning and everything. Mm-hmm. That's, that is fantastically cinematic. Ugh. Um, I, 
I like all this stuff. It, it, honestly, every time we read this, I'm like, I would love to play that. I would love to play that. I feel I'm like I'm like Randy on Christmas morning from Christmas Story. Like every, I just want everything in this. You know, you could never field it all. It would be like what 17 billion points. But God, it would be cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? I have just all of this crap out on the table, just doing all this insane stuff. It's either it, half of it's blowing up your opponent, half of it's blowing up itself. I'm just. I picture it in my head sort of as like as it should be happening and it's it's kind of glorious. I can see why people really like this army. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I'm going off on this stuff. So mm-hmm. um <laughs> All right, the Storm Fiends. These are the guys that have all the combinations, but at this point now you can only basically you can only take a you can't just give everybody warp fire projectors. Yes, because the box does not make that many things. Right. Um, so they have. Now I'm not going to go over this table of stuff. Yeah, because you got tons um, so of. So if weapons. you want to see all the different weapon options, please go right ahead um, and look it on your phone. One hundred eight. Yeah. Um. So they're big. Move six, four save, six bravery, and six wounds. Um. The gauntlets. Um, you get to add one if they charge to their to hit value. So they go from a three to hit to a two to hit, uh, which is pretty nasty. Uh, the grinder fist tunnelers. So if it's got a model with a grinder fist, you can set them up underground. Um, and you roll a die in your movement phases to try to bring them up. On a one or two, they stay in the ground. And on a three up, they come up more than nine inches away. Um if they're still underground at the end of your third movement phase, they take D6 mortal wounds and then they set up automatically. Hmm. Any underground reserve units. So the whole unit takes D6 mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take a unit of like at least three of this. So it could it could kill one of them. Yes. Blarg, blarg. Okay. Yeah, potentially. Uh, the shock gauntlet. So if you roll a unmodified six to hit, it does D6 hits instead of one. Um, so it's only got four attacks, though. So you're probably not going to get that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, the projector is the same thing with Bone Ripper that we talked about earlier. Um, so the model has two um, projectors. Actually, yeah. It has two projectors. So actually, no. This one's confusing to me. Because it's warp fire projectors, so I think it's just a once you do it. Yeah, roll a die for each model in the unit that is within eight inches of the attacking model. Yeah, so yeah, so if yeah. they picked warp fire projector, so each each uh, that's what I thought too. Unlike him, where you're loading them up very specifically a specific a specific number of arms, here it just says if they have it, roll a die for each model. So. Yep. Um, yeah. So I I assume that too. So if you have a if you have a unit of three, only one guy in it could have this, right? Yes. Okay. But once you get to yeah, okay. So all right. Uh, and then on a four up, it takes a mortal wound. It seems not nearly as bad. Yeah, because it's severely limited with how many you can take. Um, and it it would be one thing if there was two. If now I would obviously have to check this, um, but. If they have, because the model is actually armed with two warp fire projectors. Okay. But I don't know. I never really see them play anymore because you can't spam the weapon loadout. 
Right. Because so. now people would just take a bunch of warp fire projectors, right? Yeah, it was warp fire projectors or shock gauntlets. So you get like six of these guys with warp fire projectors all and rolling. They just yeah. Pop up and light you up. Um, or the shock gauntlets, um, you could take like the. Because they do have the molder keyword, you could hit them with the plus one to hit from the Packmaster. Okay. And on the old War Scroll, it was not an unmodified six. Hmm. So if you hit them three times with a Packmaster, you could get them to plus three to hit. So if you rolled a three or better, it did D6 hits instead of one with a shot gauntlet. Oh, okay. Okay, that's yeah, dumb. So, yeah. yeah, but the War Scroll got sufficiently turned down um, with Carrion Empire, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. One of them can wear um, Warpstone-laced armor, so it has a wounds characteristic of seven instead of six. And then the Wind Launchers, so this is the Globadier mortar thing, essentially. Um, you get to add one to hit rolls if the target unit has ten or more models. And in addition, they can shoot at things that they can't see. Great. So those wind launchers are basically the same as the uh, poisoned wind globes, though, right? Just different. I mean, different range, but the same. Different range and um, a lot more shots. Okay. Oh, wind launchers, three attacks. Okay. There's just so much here. And then, see, this is where it starts to get confusing because everybody's got similar weapons. They go firing all sorts of places. Uh, It seems like easy to accidentally fall into the cheating phase here. Mm Mm-hmm. You just got to pay attention. Right. Um, They got the warp lightning cannon, and um, I know we've talked about this before at some point, but basically, you know, it's a big thing. It's got a 24-inch range for its missile weapon. You just roll a die, and that's the power. Then add six more dice, and... You the target takes a mortal wound for every one of these rolls that's equal or greater to the power of the attack. That goes back to that uh what is it, that clan scryer uh there's one of those things you can pick. A, a com- it's not a command trait, I don't think so. Maybe it is. Where you can that, that roll, that first roll to check what its mm-hmm. power is, you can roll it's it's a minus one to it. Yeah. I know that's something in there. So that way it just makes it easier for all of those but the best you could do is D6 mortals with that gun. I know I say it, the best you could do, like it's not much, but I seem to remember it just being crazier. No, because it is. Okay. Um, because you can more war warp lightning. Oh, so you can. Oh, okay, so that one, you roll tw- you double the amount of dice. Yeah, you do need a friendly uh, engineer within three inches of him, um, and after you do your power roll. You then roll 12 dice. Um, but for every one that you roll in those 12 dice, it takes D3 mortal wounds. That's mm, Still, you just do it. Why not? Because you know why? Because you jam the power level up because it is awesome and devastating when it works. It's amazing to play with until it blows up. Yes. I'd be cranking all of this to top top knot. Everything I had. I'd be eating warp stone, cranking up the generator, jamming on the more more, any of this stuff. Just go crazy with it. 
But yeah. that's me. There's definitely a lot of go crazy with the cheese whiz. Oh, so. yeah. The Scryer Acolytes. I love Poison Wind Globideers, and that's what these guys are. Yes. Um, they only get that one attack, but it's got two rend and D3 damage. And you can run and shoot. And it's plus one to hit, so it's fours by threes if they've got ten or more models in the unit. Have you seen Mike's from the Detroit Club, what he did with these guys? Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic conversion. Yes. That he did. Um, he took, I believe, they're the Skaven from the Blood Bowl teams. Mm-hmm. And then he put on, um, I think there's some sort of Admech, 40K back on Yeah, the Skatari. Yep. And then he's got the, the masked hood. And then he's each of them holding like a BB that he painted up. Mm-hmm. A, uh, like a, a pellet, you know, but they're all running with their hand. Uh, they're so dynamic. They look like they're rushing in. These I always like the Poison Globadiers, but they're always sort of chunky and they seem kind of slow. And his conversions are, I mean, they were so good. Like I was looking, I just kept. I'm like, can I pick these up and look at them? He's like, go ahead. I just kept picking them up and looking at them because I really like that can't be a cheap conversion because he had, I think, 20 or something. So you're buying a bunch of Blood Bowl models mm-hmm. and all those Skitari bits. But uh, that was a great conversion. I just I it stuck in my head since I saw that at, at Midwest Meltdown. But I th- no, that's not it. There's uh, oh, my God. There's what? Six more. There are six more entries just for just for <laughs> just for Scryer. Um, mm-hmm. We got the Doom Wheel. Doom Wheel still fun. We know what it is. Four D six movement, eight wounds, seven bravery, um, four up save, D six attacks with the warp bolts. I mean, they're three by threes. One rend, D three damage. Um, the grinding wheel, teeth and knives. That's all in there. Um, what I like is that it can go over a mo- any models with a wound characteristic of three or less, just as if it could fly. Um, and then every model it passes over, or each uh, each unit that has models passed over, uh, you know, roll a dice and it might take D three mortal wounds. So as it's the rolling unit through- that it rolls over, yeah. Um, so the. Big thing is that it's whenever it does a normal move or a charge move. Okay. So if you move then charge, you could potentially roll over multiple units. Uh-huh. Which is just great. This thing just rolling around some crazy scaven in it, yanking and pulling on all the handles. It's just crunching over things, blood splatting out from underneath it. Now you can do the more and more speed. Um so, the movement, um, you can re-roll the 4d6 with more and more speed, but if you roll any ones on that 4d6, then your opponent gets... So, you decide to go more and more speed, you roll the 4d6, you roll like a 5 on 4d6, you're like, forget this. You re-roll it, you get a 1, I get to move it then. And yep. just kind of wherever I want. Can I roll? I mean, if I roll over your models, your units, will they have to take? Will it still do that stuff to them? It doesn't say that it's not friendly, or that it's not enemy only. It's each unit that it rolls over. Beautiful, fantastic. And then the warp bolts—you can do the same thing you did on everything else. 
You can bump it from D6 attacks to 2D6 attacks. Um, except if you roll a double, you take 2D6 mortal wounds because everything's cool until it blows up. Mm-hmm. And what kind of, And they've got the guns too, right? Yeah, they've got all the different weapons teams. Okay. Um, so we'll start with the easiest one, which is the Giselle. Uh, this is the sniper rifle, essentially. So it's a 30-inch range, 4 up to hit, 3 up to wound, ren 2 damage, 2. Um, move 6, 2 wound, 6 up save. Um, if they roll a 6 to hit with the gun, uh, they just do 2 mortal wounds. So we've seen that with like long strikes, um, which is cool. And or then the you, thunder or the lightning hammers, same concept, yeah. right? So it's pretty much the same. Um, and then these guys you take in packs of three um, at minimum. The other thing is you get to do you really? Re- huh? Does anybody just take the minimum? You can. I don't know why you would. Yeah. Um, but in any event, you can re-roll hit rolls for the unit if it doesn't move, um, and you also get to add two to save rolls for attacks um, made by missile weapons that shoot at them. So they essentially go to a four up against shooting, uh, three up in cover. Now, is that so, only if you didn't move? Because that's in addition, right? Or is that... Yeah, just period, when they get shot at. Oh, so even if they moved, they still got a plus two save against missile weapons. Okay. Yeah, because you're getting shot at in your opponent's turn, not in your turn. Oh, duh. I I I know what I was thinking, but yeah, I no, guess no, it's I just it's it's weird how it's phrased. You're right. Okay. Um. So then you got the rattling gun. Uh. So for all of these weapons teams, they're mostly movement six. So we'll just go with that, and they're usually a six up save. But we'll get to the doom flare because he's weird. Um. The rattling gun is two d six attacks, twelve inch range, four by four, run one damage, one. Great. These things only have three wounds, so they're very squishy, and they have no protection. But um, before you roll the attack's characteristic, you can release the limiter, and you can double the attack's characteristic for that attack. Um, But if the the roll that determines the attack's characteristic is at double, after you shoot, the rattling gun blows up. (laughs) Of course it does. Yeah, it just gets removed. And everything's fine. Um, the warp for thrower, the warp fire thrower, uh, same profile um, as the rattling gun. It's got the appropriately warp fire thrower. Eight inch range, the same thing like the projectors. We've already talked about them ad nauseum. Um, you can jack it up and say that you're going to roll two dice for each enemy model instead of rolling one, but after you shoot, you have to roll a die, and on a one or two, the warp fire thrower blows up. Of course it does. Yeah. Because it's really cool uh, until it blows up. Yep. The warp grinder, we'll skip over the Doom player for right now. Um, this thing, it doesn't really do anything that amazing in combat. Um, one attack, four by three, run two damage to you. That's not why you take it. Um Instead of setting it up on the battlefield, you can say that it's going to go into reserves. And then when you would set up another friendly Skaven Tide unit that is not a monster or a war machine, so it has to be an actual unit of infantry, um, instead of setting it up on the unit, you can say it goes with the warp grinder. 
and you can only have one unit attached to it. And at the end of your movement phase, it can just pop up um, anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches away. And then the unit that it was with has to be wholly within 13 inches of the model and more than nine from enemy units. And then you roll a die when it pops out of the ground uh-huh. um, for the grinder and the unit that it was w- that was with it. And on a one or two, that unit takes D6 mortal wounds. Oh, jeez. And if they are not on the table by the start of your fourth movement phase, they're destroyed. Figures. Okay. So. <laughs> That's Doom just a lot Flare. of stuff. Yep. It is. And this is just Scryer. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is weird. It's move 2d6 with a 5-up save. So, cool. Um, the big reason you take it is the whirling blades on the end of the hamster wheel. Uh, D6 attacks, threes by threes, run one damage, one. It's just a little, essentially a torpedo. Um, you get to add one to hit rolls if it made a charge. So they go up to twos to hit, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can then unleash the whirling blades and kick the generator up. <laughs> yep. So you essentially roll 2D6 for the number of attacks. However, if you do so, and the attack roll, and the roll that determines the number is either a double or a seven, the model is slain after all attacks have been resolved. Uh Uh-huh. So again, it's cool until it blows up. (laughs) Um, That's that's the theme for this, I think. It's cool until it blows up. Yep. Why don't we take a break? Please. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back, back, yes, yes, talking about stinky, smelly plague rats. They got much many uh, entries. They do. Well, they only have four, so it's not the worst thing in oh, the world. Well, yeah, um, for for them, but ugh, my brain. For oh no, they have five. I lied. Sorry. Oh, All right. Um. So we've covered a lot of this. Um. In the pestilence episode, in the pestilence review, um, back when that was still a book, um. 
so we're just going to kind of move over as fast as these as we can because it's kind of crazy. Uh, let's see. So, plague priests are still plague priests. Yeah. Um, they can get they can get a lot of attacks. That's their thing, right? No. No. Okay. What is their thing then? Well, I mean, they get plus one to the attacks characteristic of their weapons when they charge. That has not changed. Okay. Um, and then the plague monks and the uh, plague sensor bearers also have this as well. Um, big thing with the sensors is anybody with a sensor um, at the end of the combat phase, you roll a die for each unit within three inches. And on a four up, the unit suffers a mortal wound. If it's a six, they take D three instead and has no effect on clans pestilence. Um, they have two prayers. Um, one of which is like a prayer version of plague, um, which is cool. So, but it's only on a six that it takes a more, as opposed to like a five or a four or whatever. Um, and then they have a little AOE explosion bomb thing that isn't amazing, but that's okay. Um, the big thing is that these are priests. They do the prayers to get the greater plagues. Um, the plague claw is the catapult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can shoot at things that are not within, that it can't see. And you get to add one to hit rolls and increase the attack the damage characteristic to 2d6 for attacks made by the plague claw if the target has 10 or more models. Um, and it's So that means one it's still only one attack, but it's hitting on twos then. Yes. With two rand and 2d6 damage. Hmm. Yeah, winning on a three. Um, and that's not including if you take Architect of Death to get the reroll. Um, it also has Hideous Death, so you get to subtract one from the bravery characteristic of a unit targeted by any plate clock catapults. Yep. So it's not even hit, it's targeted. Yeah, let's keep decreasing the bravery. You can drop that bravery bomb right in there. Yeah, I mean, it's by any plate clock catapult, so it's not like you can hit the same unit with three catapults and decrease its bravery by three. Right. But you're still going to be doing a lot of damage to it. True, true. Um, and then you got the big plague furnace. Then this is the opposite kit for the screaming bell. Um, you don't take battle shocks when you're near it. Um, when you use the plague sensor, you don't. You just pick a unit within three inches on a two up. They take a number of mortal wounds equal to the sensor value. So it starts off at D three plus four and drops down to D three. So that's actually not bad. Um, it's got prayers. It's got fumes. At the end of the combat phase, it does different things. Um, but mainly, it's a lot of this. Um, either you get to reroll things and add to the attacks, or your opponents lose bravery or take mortal wounds. I mean, everything in this, all the, all the clan pestilence stuff is literally pestilence. Things are just taking extra wounds and dying. Mm-hmm. Remember when yep. the furnace had you had to the, the to you had the template to measure out which way the furnace was swinging to see who got gassed, and by you it? had to turn it upside down because it was a wrong side uh, flame template, right? Right, because it starts off thick by where it is because it's gas, and then the narrow end. I'm so glad we don't have to w- deal with that stuff now. Me too. Uh, Plague monks and the sensor bearers. We talked about them in the last one as well. Um, when we talked about them in the lore, um, 
So are plague monks now? I know the you know the plague priest can run in and do stuff, and you got the furnace. How good are the plague monks? Like without They're going really through good. all their they are really good though. Okay, that's what I thought. They've got a lot of stuff they can do. Um, can they get bumps to their? So they get attacks? the plus two attacks when they charge. So if they took a knife and a staff, they each go to five attacks a model. Um, if they took the pair of knives, they go to three attacks a model when they charge, but they get to reroll all failed hit rolls or reroll hit rolls, I should say. Hmm. Um, their unit champion used to be able to take like a scroll and a or a book of woes. They just removed it, so it's now just a book of woes. Um, it's just a little extra bomb to do a little bit of mortal wounds. Um, just essentially, it's just like free mortal wounds. Cool. Um, they also have uh, the ability to get plus one to run and charge if they have a gong. If they have the bail chime, because they have two different types of musicians and two different types of banners. Um, so the big one is you get to, if you roll, if you have an unmodified hit roll uh, for an attack made by one of these guys, uh, and it's a six, you get to improve the Ren characteristic by one. So they go up to Ren one if they roll a six to hit, which means you have to roll those separate to wound. So there's a lot of extra little bookkeeping. Um, <laughs> they also have um, the icon of pestilence. So if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made by a melee weapon is a six, you get to increase the damage by one, which could have been increased by one from the bail chime. It's just it's a lot of bookkeeping on this unit, but they can just do a ridiculous amount of everything. Right. So no, they're really good, um, and it's. For their banners and musicians, you can do one in every 20 can take a different one. So if you want to take both contagion, both banners and both musicians, you have to have a unit of 40 Plague Monks. Mm. And you, why wouldn't you, though? Seriously. I Because they're really squishy and they die horribly to shooting. But 40 of them is only... <laughs> 280 points. Yeah, that's that's the thing right there. Stupid cheap. Yeah, and then they can pop out of the gnaw holes and do all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yep, they're fun. All right. Uh, what else we got going on? What else do we have to hit here? Uh, Plague Sensor Bears. Oh, that's right. Uh, they're pretty basic. Um, they just don't take any battle shock. If they're holier than 18 of any friendly plague monks, and they get to reroll hit rolls if they are holier than any friendly plague monks. But other than that, it's two attacks, fours by threes, mm-hmm. run one damage, one. And then they have the fumes. So. Get cool. a little extra in, yeah. So, um, then we get to Clan Verminus, which. Uh, all right, this is getting a little shorter. It's only five entries, including the Claw Lord. Claw Lord is not as good as some of the other guys. He's only got a four-up save with five wounds. But he gets three attacks, threes by threes, has a rend, does D3 damage. Look at him. Um, now, this is interesting. As, every time the Claw Lord takes a wound, as long as he's still alive, add the number of wounds allocated to this model to the attack characteristic of its melee weapon. So he's got three attacks, but... 
the more wounds he takes, the more attacks he gets? Yeah. And it's that's just how it is. Yeah. And that's not including... Because he's a Claw Lord, and if you take one, you automatically get a command trait. Hmm. So you can get him up to 10 attacks when he's near death um, from his sword. Ah, well, yeah, you could. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. No, I like that. Um, now we've got... Uh, Okay, His yeah. command ability okay. only affects clans verminous units, um, and it's at the start of the combat phase. So if you do so, you pick one friendly clans verminous unit, and you get to add one to their melee weapons, and they have to be wholly within 13 inches of him. Okay. And you cannot pick the same unit more than once. A lot of limits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep it from getting out of hand. Um we got Spite Spiteclaw and Spiteclaw Swarm. That's the that's the underworld. The underworld Swarmbandia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, goodbye with that. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's just too many. I'm, I've had it. <laughs> I just really have. This book is exhausting, even for me. And I like doing this. Um, Clan rats. Their bravery is only four, but now they do get uh, two for every ten. Right? Two extra bravery for every ten. Yes, so their bravery goes sky high really quick, and you can only take them on units of up to forty. Mm-hmm. So, um, one in every twenty models can be the standard bearer. Then you can uh, retreat and charge with the banner because mm-hmm. that, you know um, one in every twenty can be a bell ringer that adds that makes their their add two to their run rolls. So now they can really move and. Uh, Plus one to save if it's ten or more models and they have their shields. So these are things that are dirt cheap and you just run bunches of them forward if you've got them to, for screens, right? I mean, that's really what these guys are used for. You can use them for screens because they do die. They do die pretty horribly. Um, but the seething masses rule: um, if you have so many models in the unit. Uh, you can jack the overwhelming mass, so you get to add one to hit rolls if they have 20 or more, and if they have 30 more, you get to add one to wound rolls. Hmm. So they get a little better, but they are still meh. Yeah. See, now we're in the Storm Vermin, though, and the Storm... I love these models. I do love yeah. the Storm Vermin. And, you know, back when they were all ranked up like that, Man, they looked sharp. That was a sharp-looking unit, uh, the Storm Vermin. Mm-hmm. Now, it's still good, but it just lacks that pizzazz. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just you know, it's just me talking. Uh, blah blah blah. These guys have five bravery and a five-up save because they're better. Um, one attack for the one extra attack for the champion. Uh, the banner can retreat and charge, like we said. It's the same banner. Uh, but it's one in every 10, as opposed to one in every 20. Yeah, but all their elites, they can do better stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, one in every 10 can be a drummer, plus two to run rolls while you have a drummer. Mm-hmm. And well, plus one to save windows for attacks to target a uh, unit that carries clan shields. Well, it's got ten or more models. So yeah, an extra. Uh, they get an extra. They can get up to a four-up save. Mm-hmm. 
they're just pretty good, aren't they? I mean, they are uh, yeah. because they have a two inch reach on their weapon. They have two attacks each, four by three, run one damage, one. And then you combine in Death Frenzy, you combine in the Clan Verminous Command Ability, you combine in the Overwhelming Mass. So these things can get down to threes to hit, twos to wound, run one damage, one, 12,000 attacks. Because you fight with three ranks, essentially. Oh, that's right. Because they're, they're on 25 millimeter bases. Okay, right. Yeah, that's good, too, because, you know, why shouldn't it be? Yeah. Um, But taking a unit of 40 of them is 450 points. Oh, that is a lot. Yeah. Um, They are also battle line in a Skaven Tide army. So you could do, theoretically, a small, focused Skaven army. So am I correct in, basically, for the Clan Verminous, there's really only three... Three models for Clan Verminous. Three types, yeah. There's the, the hero. And Claw then... Lord, the rats, and the storm vermin. That's just the tiniest one. It, it seems kind of unimportant when you only get a couple. But as the lore said, that's kind of how they like everyone underestimating them. Because everybody knows, deep down, you need a lot of rats. And they're providing them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we got for Mulder? Mulder's got half a dozen here. Uh yeah, uh, Packmasters. Uh, that's the guy that. No, that's the master. Who get who? Oh, it's the crack of the whip. It's a Packmaster, right? Okay, so we'll just go over this. So the Packmasters are the ones that come in the box with the rat ogres and the giant rats. Okay. The Master Molder used to be the special character. Right, I remember when he came out because uh, they uh, GW had a, they had those painting contests that weekend for this and for the um, that uh, the special the character who was uh, had all the armor. Um, I forget who it was now, but it was it was like the Storm Vermin, except it was a special character Storm Vermin. Those were the oh. two. Yeah, so that's the difference. Um, and the Packmasters can take a bunch of different weapons. They only have two wounds, um, and their job is to keep the packs moving. Um, so this used to be an attachment to whatever Warbeast pack you took, but now these is its own separate unit. Um, so the big thing is you get to add one to hit rolls uh, for attacks made with melee weapons by clans, molder packs while they're wholly within 12. And you get to double the bravery characteristic of a pack unit while they are wholly within 12. Now, who all does this affect? Is this most of it? It's the pack units. So it's the rat ogres, the giant rats, and the rat swarms. So everything but the hell pit. Yes. And the characters. Right. But, I mean, that, that sounds good. It sounds good, except they have a six up save and two wounds each. Oh, that yeah, that is crappy. But if you put them in the back, which is where they would be, whipping them forward, mm-hmm. uh, your giant rats become bravery six. Which okay, rat ogres become bravery ten. And well, it's also you have to factor in strength in numbers with the giant rats. Oh, okay. So does it double it? Well, no, it doubles the characteristics. So. It yeah, so they go six. to six, and then you add two for every ten. 
And giant rats come. How do those guys come? I'm just looking. ten to forty. Oh, okay. So it's at least. I mean, a unit would start with at least eight. Then, if you have them behind them. But the rat swarms become twenty. Yeah, but you're not going to have that many to worry about battle shock. Well, still, but I mean, it could be. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're now here, is the, okay. Remember those lists I said you guys were making? This ain't one of those lists. <laughs> But I you, think it could be. If you really wanted to make a molder list, though, you could have a bunch of these out there. And at yeah. Bravery 20, but even that, I mean, you think of all these different Bravery Bomb, you know, armies and stuff that happen. Little crap like that suddenly comes in as the screen is annoying, and you can't just do that to it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's just anytime I see Bravery 20, I get excited. I'm like, look at that, you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing, just to make sure people understand, uh, Storm Fiends are not clans molder pack units, so none of these guys affect pack units or uh, the Storm Fiends. Right. So, um, the Master Molder, uh, he's got a five up save and five wounds. This is like the actual proper hero. Uh, he gets to heal clans molder pack models um, D three wounds in the hero phase. Um, so he gets to heal rat ogres, essentially, or rat swarms. Um, he's also got crack the whip, so the same thing the packmasters do. Um, then his command ability is, we've talked about it already, um, it's the set up new units as they get destroyed. Right. Because uh, we talked about it in the command traits, because there's the command trait to bump his command ability. So it becomes a four instead of a five. Yep. Okay. Huh. I just, I don't know. I'm just, forget it. I'm just, I'm looking at rat swarms and I'm running right through my head here going, how can I make that work? How could that be cool? How could that become something that is not something that's like, oh God, I don't want to play against it, but it could be, you know, surprising against the, you know, your enemies like, wait, what's happened? They can do what? Yeah. Molder is the fun part of Skaven. Same with Eshin. Mm-hmm. So... Eshin's the coolest part, but Mulder is the, definitely the fun one. Mm-hmm. The other guys are the, the power. They're the, and, hey, they're the two most powerful clans at the moment, the Pestilence and Scryer. Scryer so yeah. I suppose that they should be broken and ridiculous, but this is the cool stuff. Um, do we want to do, do the Hell Pit last and do the other three since they're the ones that are affected by all the other guys' stuff? Sure. Let's do that then. Okay, uh, rat ogres, uh, move six, save five, five bravery, four wounds each. Um, they each have four attacks, uh, four by three, ren one damage, two, uh, one entry each. One in every two can also take a warp fire gun, um, and this was an also another change similar to the storm fiends, because the prior war scroll didn't have that limiter. So everyone um, just the warp got fire a warp gun, fire gun is okay. just. Yeah, the Warfire Gun is a 5 to hit, 3 to wound, Ren 1 damage, D3, with a 16-inch range. So it can be cool. Um, now, these guys had an extra ability on their old War Skull where if they made a charge, they had this rule apply. Now it's just period. Um, if the unmodified hit roll is a 6 when they make a melee attack, um, that attack inflicts 2 hits instead of 1. Okay, that's, and that's- it. And that's rend one damage too. So a couple a couple extra hits, wounding on threes. That's not bad. No, it's not. But it's a lot more player friendly mm-hmm. than what it used to be. 
because it was only on the charge and just didn't feel right. I gotcha. Um, and here we get a couple of no save bonus guys. Uh, giant rats. Giant rats have three bravery, one wound, and a movement of eight. And we just said you could take uh, ten to forty of these things. Um, they get one attack, fours by fives. Like I mean, they're not that strong because they're literally just big rats. They're not any, you know, they're not actual like skaveny skaven. Um, However, when you have ten or more models in the unit, it doubles the range on their on their attack. So their vicious teeth range becomes two inches instead of one. It becomes three inches instead of one when there's twenty of them. See, that's what I'm looking at. So you got a three hundred. That's a lot of attacks, and and overwhelming mass. Overwhelming mass. So then that does the. It goes to threes to hit and fours to wound if you have all the conditions met. With one attack each with a three-inch reach, and if they're holding within 12 of a Packmaster, they get plus one to hit as well. So it could be twos to hit, fours to wound. I mean, no rend one damage, but, yeah, I mean, that could be cool. I, I keep, I mean, I don't know if you want an army full of that, but. I and mean, then put Death Frenzy on them. 40 of them for 200? Yeah, and their movement, eight. <sighs> That's good. Like this, yeah. This could be really cool. This could be, and I, I mean, I've never seen anybody taking it because everyone's taking the other cool I stuff. I actually started building one, um, a molder list, a couple of years ago, um, because this was always one of my favorites. These, this one in Eshin, but um, I just got very over with it because this was also pre-contrast. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. And then the rat swarm. And you could you can do all that other stuff on these guys too, right? Yeah, but they are expensive um, Is there to a, try to get them up in those numbers. Okay, yeah, because it's two for sixty, so eight for two forty for eight of them total. Um, now you get to put one of these bases, one base, you know, back one unit back, uh, one model in the unit. One slain model, so yeah, but it's yeah one bait, one slain model uh, at the start of the hero phase, uh, and they've got four wounds apiece. Their bravery ten, five attacks, fives by fives. Um, well, the most you can get is eight, so you're not getting a lot of those cool bonuses, are you? No, you're getting none of them. None of them. Okay. The only one that you would get is the pack master with the plus one to hit. And that's it. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think. The big thing is that it's bravery ten, their movement six, um, and they're on fifty millimeter rounds, and they're nigh impossible to see because they are super flat. They stay out of line of sight. It just seems like this could be cool if someone it could be if yeah. someone smarter than me knew how to put this together and get all the synergies, it would at least be unusual. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... There's a lot of stuff you read, you're like, wow, that's cool. I like... I mean, even I was like, ooh, I'll take three Screaming Bells and a couple of Ermin Lords, and look what I can do now. And it's like, oh, or I could take a bunch of Molder guys and some of these big, ugly old rat ogres. And these- yeah, the big issues is, like, if you're going to do giant rats, you're going to need, I don't know, probably about 160 of them. 
Okay. But that's only 800 points, and they come in a box of six. Oh, really? With two rat ogres. Hold up a second. My microphone's running away. Hold on. I went to shift it a little bit so I can read, and I accidentally moved it and plopped one of the legs on a block of plasticine here. All of a sudden, the microphone just, the boom mic just swung away. So, wait a minute. Okay, so you get uh, in the box, you get two rat ogres and six giant rats? And two pack masters. How much does that cost? Like 40 bucks. Oh, really? I'd have to double check. And how many um, of those do you got to buy to do that? What you were just saying? So if you need like 160. So that's like 20, 30 boxes. Oh, that's no, 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 no. Yeah, that's the issue. Uh, um, I mean, you'd have to figure out some so other way to do that. Second. Yeah, I'm checking right now. Here we go. 40 bucks. I'm looking at it online. Okay, so six. And that. Oh, it's got three pack masters. I'm sorry. Three pack masters, two rat ogres, and six, and six of those rats. guys. And 160 divide that by six. Uh, two. You need 27 boxes. Times $40. Um, yeah, because it's 160 divided by six is 26.6. So that's 27. Times forty dollars. Oh yeah, that's that's over a grand for eight hundred points. Is that just eight hundred points in the giant get, rats, or is that also yeah, in the eight hundred points in giant rats? The rat ogres. Um, how many boxes did we say that was? Twenty-seven. So you'd have fifty some odd rat ogres. You'd have, so fifty-four, 50, rat, 54 ogres, rat ogres. That'd be five thousand four hundred points of rat. No, no. Um, how many boxes? 27. So that's 2,700 points of rat ogres. Wait, how much are rat ogres? Rat ogres are two for a hundo. Really? Yeah. Doesn't seem right. They're super squishy. Their bravery is middling if you take the characters out and they only hit on fours. So that seems kind of overpriced, doesn't it? I mean... And I, Compared I to some of the other stuff, I think that's the first time book. I'm saying that in this book. Uh, okay, and then you'd want some rat swarms, and those are metal. Are they really? They're metal or fine cast, one of the two. All right, and that's two. What two bases for eighteen bucks? For sixty points, and you'd want at least. Four sets, then. Yeah. Uh, 36, 72 bucks for an eight pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that becomes a, this becomes a fifteen hundred dollar army, which is and we all- haven't even talked about the hell pit. Yeah, no, no, no. This see, that's why this doesn't work, unless you could find some 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 inexpensive way to. Um, or alternate sculpt type things with these. This is just. I'll fully admit I had eighty-eight uh, giant rats when I was building this army. <laughs> uh, that's 
Yeah, that's that's the problem. That's right there is the pro as the problem. I because yeah, this would when be I was building play, it, but... I also put in storm fiends to eat points, so so I didn't have to get more rats. Yeah, see, that's 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 the that's the deal breaker with this, which is a shame because it's really cool. At least concept wise, I would love to, I would love to see that on the table. You know, uh, then you have to go to England because I think Wayne Kemp is the only guy that has it. Well, yeah, no kidding. And but, there's one guy in Aussie that I think he had 200 in the list once. What is Wayne Kemp is on like his 13th army of Skaven he's painting. And I'm not saying that as a joke. I think it's literally his like 13th army he's painting. He paints up Skaven and then does it again and does it again and does it again. Yep. That's that I don't get. Like I get you love an army, but then how you just, I mean, hey man, I mean more power to you, but I'd lose my damn mind. It's okay. Yep. Hey, you know what? And his stuff that looks nice, and he does all this different stuff. I just, yeah. I can barely stay with one army long enough to finish it, much less just finish it and start over with a new same army. Mm-hmm. All right, let's tell tell everybody about the amazing Hell Pit Abomination because it's this thing was a joke at one point. It is not anymore. It was really um, good when it first came out. And yeah, then it, yeah. And then when it switched to Age of Sigmar, it. Uh, was kind of a joke because um, it's like, oh, why would you take that? But now you know you want to take this. Um, so, and this one I am going to go over the profile. It's move 2d6, 5 up save, 6 bravery, 12 wounds. Cool. Uh, it's got 6 attacks from its teeth, 3 by 3, rend 3 to 1 as it takes damage, damage 2. Okay. The fist, 6 to 2 attacks as it takes damage, 3 by 3, rend 1, damage 3. Okay, And then the Avalanche of Flash used to just be a bunch of middling dice rolls. Um, it is now you just roll a number of dice equal to the models from the target unit that are within three inches of the Hell Pit. And you get to re-roll any of these dice if the, mod- if the Hell Pit made a charge. The unit suffers one mortal wound for each roll that is equal to or greater than the avalanche of flesh value. That thing starts value at a two. Starts at a two and it goes to six. So literally, if you're fresh, you're new, you're rolling in, and you hit one of these little horde armies, everything within three inches, you just add it all up, and on a two, you roll a die for each of them, and on a two plus, it takes a mortal wound? That's not bad. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, if you do it right, because it's on a 120 oval, if you Tokyo drift a thing, <laughs> this way it goes inside first, you yep. get a bigger area of effect. Um, let's see. So that's cool. And that happens all the time. It just gets better if you charge. Uh, it's also getting to heal D3 wounds every hero phase. And the Master Molder can fix it. No, he can't fix this one. Never mind. No. Um, but he can make it bigger from the command from the uh, allegiance ability. He can give it more wounds. Cool. Uh, it is also terrifying, so it affects your bravery. Every time it's affected by a spell or endless spell, you can roll a die, and on a four up, you ignore the effects of that spell. So you can roll a die. So if the spell is, is beneficial, you just opt not to. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it's too horrible to die. So the first time it dies before you take it away, 
you roll a die. And it's on a D6 table. It really should be a D3 table, but, you know, whatever. Um, so on a 1 to 2, it's dead, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, 3 to 4, all the rats inside of it spill out. And all units within 3 inches of it take D3 mortal wounds. And then he dies. Or if you roll a 5 or 6, it's alive. And he comes back with D6 wounds healed. And any wounds that need to still be allocated to it are negated. So if it was fresh when it was walking in and you did like 20 wounds, it just comes back with D6 left on it. And the other ones that you did in overkill just get ignored. So if you get him down to like the one or two, like if you manage like, oh, I just survived and someone comes in and hits it with a tank. All right. That's the first. So, you know, you had one wound left. You did a bajillion. Don't matter. You get he's back with D6. Correct. Nice. Yeah. So this thing is actually pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, It is also very cheap. It is, like I said, I'm looking at the back of the book. 240 points. That is cheap. For all the things it can do, that's pretty good. Mm. Yes. All right. Um, We've only got three units left, and then we've got... Three endless spells and all the battalions. Well, let's go through this, though, and the endless spells, and then we can talk about battalions and how how you could tell people what kind of things they should. Yeah, after the break, folks, get a pencil and paper ready, because Alex is going to tell you what combos to put together. Uh, sure. <laughs> Deathmaster. Now, this was the old Deathmaster Stitch model. This is still a great model. Yeah, it's probably one of the better Skaven models. Mm-hmm. Um, five wounds, five bravery, move seven, four up save. Uh, this guy's got a 12-inch throwing star, four attacks, forced by five, one damage. Not not awesome, but, you know, hey, I'll take it. Um, and then it's got the, it's, it's claws, seven attacks, threes by threes, one damage. And the weeping blades, three attacks, threes by threes for with one rend and D3 damage. You get to pick one or the other. Yeah, one or the other. So you can either have fewer attacks with some rend and a chance to crank up the damage, or a whole bunch of attacks. Well, you know, with a with a more base level. Um. So you can hide it in reserve, and then uh, you know during the start of combat, set it up within an inch of a Skaven tide unit that has five or more models and a wound characteristic of one. So it's got a. It's got to be a very specific, it's got to be something similar because he's hiding in it. He needs to look like it, right? Yeah. The other thing is it prevents you from loading up a vermin lord deceiver, doing a dreaded skitter leap, and then have five of these things crawl off his back. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. That's a good thing to avoid too. But just set it up from within an inch so they can run him in. Yeah, and do that. He can still run and shoot. And if he's using the throwing stars and he. Uh, Hits an unmodified six. He does two hits instead of one. So they're not bad. No, they're not. Where it gets good, like I said, is with the other stuff and, like as you said, with the combos. Oh, God, these are the ug- – I'm just looking at the picture on the war scroll. They're the There's worst. a reason they're in the back. Yeah, they're the, they are the worst. See, these are some of the worst models that GW still produces. They really are. These, these two models, the zombies – the big bulb head power fist zombies. They're just, oh, 
they were old. They needed to be redone. I don't know why they didn't redo these when they did all the clan rats over again. Because they looked so good. This They don't look like rats. They're ridiculous. Their faces are ridiculous. Maybe it's a rat if you took its head and crushed it flat in a panini maker, but... Yeah, this is the back in the day. The old monkey hands and feet scaven and... Uh, yeah. It's the worst. I'm sorry. I hate to... I hate to bag on it. It's just because there's so much cool stuff in this. But then you get to this, it's like, oh, I'd love to play that. But no, no, I'm not buying that. I'd rather spend $1,000 on, on giant rats. And, yeah, because and, and, they actually look kind of cool. Yeah, no, this is this is bad. Um, you want to take these two? Sure. Um, so they're pretty much the same. Yep. Um, except gutter runners are a five-up save instead of a six for a night runner. And they're bravery five instead of four for a night runner. Yay. They have uh, the same throwing weapon, except gutter runners get two attacks instead of one for the night runners. Um, four and five, no run damage. One, they can both run and shoot, and then they can do the thing if they roll a six to hit with a throwing weapon. Uh, it does two hits instead of one. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Fun. Um, the gutter runners have no unit champion, um, whereas the night runners do. Um they get plus one attack on their stabbing knife, whatever. Um, where gutter runners are different is they're very small units. Um, their combat is hit on three, wound on four, ren one, damage nothing, or damage one. Uh-huh. Um, and you can set them off to one side, and then they can ambush um, from the edge of the battlefield instead of setting up normally. Um, and they're really quick, so that's what they do. Um the night runners, though, um, they're cheap, cheap, cheap as chips. Um, and after armies are set up, but before the first battle round begins, the unit gets to free move 2d6 inches. Mm-hmm. So if you take a big unit of these ugly things, you can essentially run it across your front of your whole army, and then it gets a free 2d6 move to then start gumming up the board and <laughs> messing objectives. Right. This could be so, so cool. This could be so cool. Yeah. Now gutter runners are five for sixty or twenty for two hundred, and night runners are ten for eighty or forty for two eighty. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know what? Okay, whatever. Um, do we also want to go over the? crazy bananas battle line rules for these things yeah let's do that because i know this is where it gets silly and where you you want to do it even though they're ugly monkey monkey rats yeah so part of the issue with skaven um is if you want to take all of a greater clan the only thing you can take in that is whatever the greater clan is in master clan right just so you can count units as battle lines. So for Eshin, um, if your general is Master Clan or Clan's Eshin, and everything else in your army is Clan's Eshin, then Night Runners and Gutter Runners become battle line. It's the same sort of rules apply for a number of different units mm-hmm. that if your general is whatever greater clan or Master Clan, then they become battle line if all other units are that clan. So. The second that you take, I don't know, a Warplock Engineer, because you want a little bit of magic in a Clan Eshin army, 
you then have to take three units of battle line that are true battle line, either storm vermin or clan rats. There's literally three different models that are clan Eshin, I think. Four. Which is the fourth? You got the Death Master. Is it the Vermin Lord? Yeah. Okay, so you got a Vermin Lord or two. You got a couple of Death Masters. And then you have to basically take all Gutter Runners and Night Runners. I mean, yeah. It, uh, the list I put together for Ashen was three Deceivers and two Slink Talon Battalions, but we'll get to that when we get there. Okay. I'm, see that half, some of this stuff in the book is so over overblown it's stupid and then it's like oh you could do something really cool with this except you can't because there's nobody that would yeah oh, poop oh well. okay well that's why you were building molder instead of eshin because it was like well at least at this one I have some a couple of choices mm-hmm Okay, um, should we do the endless spells? Because this bell of doom thing. Oh no, it's the warp lightning vortex. I'm sorry, warp lightning. The vortex vor- is the nasty one. Yeah, this is the cool one. Um, let's do the other ones really quick. The vermin tide. Um, that's just one that um, you move it, and then what happens? You roll dice for units it gets near, and they could take a mortal wound, right? Yep. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Skaventide it's are not like effective. The, yeah, so but Skaventide um, are affected, or they are not affected by the Ravening Horde, but they can also just move over it as if it can fly, because they just essentially run through the rats. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like the Scuttle Tide for Gloomspike Gits, the Spider Riders. Basically, yeah, I guess. Or the Magma Wall for Fire Slayers with the right. Yeah, um, and it's of course thirteen dice, and every time they roll a six, it's one it, it's one mortal wound. So it's not that great, but it's huge and it blocks up a lot of area. Okay. Um, then you got the Bell of Doom. Okay, so wait a minute. So you put this thing down, and then it moves, and it can move up to thirteen inches. It can fly as well. Um. So, the cool thing, you don't take Battle Shock if you're within 13 inches of it. Minus one bravery for your opponents while they're within 13 inches of it. And that seems pretty good. But then it's got this apocalyptic doom. So, you roll 3d6 every time it moves. And if you roll a 13, then everyone's taking mortal wounds. And then it dispels. That's its thing. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also after it sets up. So you can cast it, and then it can immediately go away. Yeah. Oh. That's just that doesn't that doesn't excite me. Now explain no. explain the vortex before we take a break. Good lord. Okay. So this thing got um, errated, in fact, into the ground, and that is really where it belongs. Um, you're going to see this a lot. I mean, it's still 100 points. Um, I played against it, and I'll tell you what. I would take it. It seems worth it. It is, especially when you combo it with the soul, soul Snare Shackles. 
Um, so initially with this thing, um, has a cast value of eight and only scale and tide wizards can cast it, which is thankful. Um, mm-hmm. It's three pieces, and essentially how it works is you set up the first one wholly within 26 inches of the caster. They change it to 13 in the um, errata. Okay, so yeah, that's what I thought, because when he set it up, I thought that first time it was within 13. Yep, and then you have to set up the second and third points exactly seven away from the first model and seven away from each other. So it essentially forms the triangle yeah, you have that is wholly to Skaven. Yeah. yeah. Um, the nasty part, um, units cannot run or fly when they make a normal move. It starts within six inches of any part of the vortex. Right. So that is a huge thing to slow down. Um, in addition, when this model is set up in the end of each movement phase, you roll one dice for each unit within six inches of any of the models from the spell. Add one to the dice roll if that unit is within six inches of two, or add two if it's within six inches of three. And on a four plus, that unit takes D3 mortal wounds, and on a six, it takes D6 mortal wounds. This is this is really good. This is just it really is. good. Um, if you can, and the thing is. When they've got played against me, he just dropped it all around my units. And suddenly, there's this triangle in the middle of the board. You know, it's a seven inch equilateral triangle with a six inch bubble around it that you don't want to go near. So it's, it is literally controlling a ton of board space. Yeah. And that's, it's only made all the worse if you are able to get the, the soul snare shackles this way you can't move or half okay. your movement. So. Then you're never going to get away from it. It's the affectionate term for it is the rat trap. Yep. And you, I mean, D six mortals. If you're near all three, even D three mortals, it's just this thing is terrible. Like it's such a pain. Um, and it's a high cast value, so it's a high unbind value too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it, but I tell you what, the model itself, the little, the little, the three little models are cool. I love them. But yeah, this that thing is brutal. That thing can be really brutal. Um, it really my whole game. I got stuck trying to just move around it and keep. If you're going to be near it, try to keep only near one of the two or one of the three, so you're not getting the the the, the bonus penalties. It's 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 worth it. Like at a hundred points, it's still worth it to me. That that thing mm-hmm. is very cool. All right. So after about eight hundred hours, that is literally every entry. Except except for the battalions. <laughs> so why don't we do this? It's another break time because, of course, it is. Um, uh, yeah, I need a break. Uh, yeah. We're going to take that, and then when we come back, we're going to talk battalions, um, where the cool, you know, just give a couple of ideas of the things you can really mix together to, to make abusive lists. And doesn't then, take much. No. And then we'll we will wrap up war after that. So we'll be back.
Claw Lord Nodrek imperiously raised a talon to point at the beleaguered Dwarden battle line. Kill slay! He screeched, his order sending a scurrying kill tide of clan rats surging into the enemy guns. Nodrek's underlings poured across the hot desert sands beneath a hard blue-green sky, and their enemies' bullets and shells tore through them. Broken bodies and sprays of blood filled the air as the Dwarden fired again and again from the sandy slopes. The rippling thunder of gunfire rolled across the dunes. Nodrek watched impassively for a few moments before lashing his tail and drawing his hooked blade. Now, while the stump no on their bullets, charge, charge! gnarled Nodrek to his storm vermin bodyguards. Clad in the brass and green of Clan Stabic, the hunking war rats brandished their halberds and broke into a swift lope. Nodrek ran in their midst, trophy skulls rattling on his armor's back racks. He vaulted a broken heap of clan rats, then pelted through more fallen bodies as the sand turned red beneath them. Bullets whipped in, ricocheting from his shield or thundering into the armored forms of his bodyguards. But though his glance tightened, Nodrek kept going. To flee now would be to show weakness and invite the blades of his rivals to sink into his back before darkness fell. A cannonball roared in low, smashing the heads from three storm vermin. Nodrek spat on their corpses and dug his foot claws into the thick sand. Crossing the last dozen feet between himself and the foe, the Claw Lord swatted a wounded clan rat aside, then lunged and drove his blade into a beard thing's face. Ripping his sword free, Nodrek pulled his way into the enemy's line. His victims were exhausted and reeling from the clan rat onslaught, their feet tangled in mounds of skaven corpses. Nodrek hacked and slashed, whirling in a vicious circle to open throats and lop off limbs. Slaughter, kill them all! He cried as his storm vermin poured into the gap he had opened. Victory! Victory! And we're back. <laughs> the last break for the last thing. Dear goodness. All right, Alex. Battalion time. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> Whew. If you can't tell, folks, this is a long book. This is our fourth recording session, by the way. And this one was delayed by a tornado. So, or t- a tornado nearby, tornado warning at my house. This is... I think this is six or seven hours if we add the lore and the war together, depending on how it edits. This is dumb. I'm annoyed. The virulent procession. You can you can take this, can't like you can fit this into a can you Yeah, not? you can. Um it's small, uh, because the plague monk units will be minimum size. And then it's the three big things and three battalions. So you won't have much of an army inherently. Um so minimum size of plague monks is what, ten or twenty? I believe they are 20s or 10s. Yeah. So you could easily do four 10s because those are, I believe, 80 points a pop now with the FAQ. Okay. Um, And then the furnace itself, well, you need two furnaces and then the corruptor. So it's still definitely doable for 2,000 points. It's just going to be very small. Now, if you do that, the Vermin Lord gets to do a toot-toot. On a piece yes. of terrain within 13 inches, uh, on a 4-up, you take D3 mortals, 
and uh, the plague monks, as long as they're within 18 inches of their furnace, get a six-up ward. Uh, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's the Congregation of Filth, though, right? which is actually really good. Because um, then you're giving additional saves, but then you're also not doing all sorts of crazy explodey damage when you die and explode into a ball of pus. So, um, it's just... The Congregation is good. It gets a lot of stuff down very quickly uh, with regards to units, because it's two plus units of Plague Monks, so you could do many units of Plague Monks. Oh, I didn't think about that. Two. said congregation, so... Oh, you're right. It wasn't two. This, yeah, that's got a plus on it, and it's on the Plague Sensor Bears does the same thing. So so you could literally take this if you wanted to. Take your Corruptor, take your two Furnaces, take your three... Um, You'd have three uh, battalions, which would mean... Well, that would be... You'd have more uh, more artifacts than you could actually give out at that point, unless you have room to take another another model. Uh, yeah, and then you just can fill out up to two k with plague monks. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. You often can't you could... take the big one, you know. Yeah, but it's because the uh, congregations are smaller than an average battalion potentially because they could just do 10 man rat units. But then the issue is those furnaces are not going to move very far because they don't have a lot of models around them. So, oh, that's right. If you, oh yeah. yeah. See that, that puts you at a lot of risk. So that this might not be the wisest way to go. Although fun wise and, you know, playing with your friends and stuff or, you know, may not be competitive, but it's, yeah, I mean, go be, crazy with the cheese was when you want, but, um, now, the other two that are in here, now you can take zero to one of these others, uh, a Plague Priest and three Claws, or a Plague Priest on a Furnace and two-plus unit of Sensor Bearers. Yeah. Um, the three Claws, plus one to wound rolls, if they're near the Plague Priest. So the Plague Claw catapults getting... Suddenly wound on twos and hit on twos. Oh, no, it's Plague... Yeah, so... <laughs> With two Ren D6. That's, that's actually not bad, is it? 2D6. If it's against big units, it goes up to 2d6. Oh, that's right. Ten or more models. That's Yeah, so you essentially hit on twos um, because of the bonus to hit, and then you wound on twos because of this battalion. That's, that is not bad at all. No, it is not. Um, and it only costs a Plague Priest to sit in the back, but if you have the Architect of Death command trait... Uh, so, so you get to re-roll. I think it's you get to re-roll something. Um, yeah, you get to re-roll wound rolls uh, for attacks made by missile weapons from clans, pestilence units, or other holier than eighteen of them. Oh, so you're hitting on twos, wounding on twos, re-rolling the to wound roll. That's pretty good. Yeah, if you take it. <laughs> um, no, it's just really that's the uh, choices you have. Yeah, add plus one to hit rolls if you're shooting against something that's ten or more models. So yeah, twos by twos. Mm-hmm. With two rend? Yeah, uh, rend two. D- two D6 damage. So all those things that I play against, sometimes it's like, oh, ignore ignore rend of one. All that, uh, all that uh, not that Seraphon are so tough, but all that Seraphon stuff, the mm-hmm. ignore rend one. Um, oh, that's, I like that. And then the Plague Smog, um, the Sensor Bearers, and the Priest in the Furnace. Um, re-roll the Poisonous Fumes roll to see if they take any wounds for enemies within three inches. 
I don't know if that, that one's not as good, is it? No, 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 it's not. Plus those plague sensor bears that I like them, but I don't see them uh, at least not too much. Uh, two attacks, rend one, damage one. So yeah, at the end of the combat phase, rolling on a four up, they take a mortal wound on a six. And it just says re-roll the dice that determines. So you could roll a four up and just try for the six, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Okay. Now, though, that's the stuff for the... Now, this is the one that gets wonky. Can we skip the warp cog and come back to that? Because that's got, like, two pages of rules. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, let's look at some of the other stuff here. Now, there's the claw horde. Which is a claw lord, one to three units of vermin, and two to nine units of rats. You you could wow, you could do a whole army in one drop with that, couldn't you? You could. Or at least most of it. I mean you'd wanna you'd probably want some extra characters. This army looks like it it, it would it would like to have a bunch of extra characters in it. I mean yes. not, not this particular battalion, this army in general. Yeah. Skaven you do need quite a few characters because most of them are fairly squishy. With the exception of the Vermin Lords, so... Right. Uh, when the Claw Lord uses the Nash Gnaw on their Bones Command ability, and what was that again? That was... Uh, that is the re-roll, or... Oh, no, it's add plus one to their attacks. Of the melee weapons. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, plus one to attacks. Uh, instead of picking one unit, you can pick all the units wholly within 13 inches. That's pretty good. It is, and it's a lot of troops right away. Uh, for a one drop and it's all your battle line immediately between even just minimum sizing it's a clan rats and storm vermin that's, that's your right. free battle line so they get to so suddenly your storm vermin are doing three attacks and isn't there some sort of thing that gets you extra attacks when there's a ton of you in the model oh 20 more yeah 20 or more models suddenly it's so that they've already got two 20 or more, if you put a big unit, makes it three. This ability gives them four. Your clan rats are in a huge butt horde. So that could that that goes one to two, and then this one makes it three. Yeah, it's just attacks upon attacks upon attacks upon attacks. They may not be great, but it's all over the place. Just yeah. a huge amount of, 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 of uh, things. All right, you want to you wanna take the menagerie? Yeah, so the Flesh Meld Menagerie... Oh, the other thing about the Claw Horde we should oh, mention... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's asking for the unit Claw Lord, not the keyword. Um, people have asked if you could do the Claw Lord on Brood Horror from Forge World for this battalion. Um, and you can't. No, that's because right, it's not the keyword. It's just the actual Claw Lord. I switched yeah, it, because it, it would be in bold if it could be either one. Correct. Gotcha, um, okay. So... The Flesh Meld, and this one is another one of those that you could do an army in a drop. Uh, it's a ma- one Master Molder, zero to three Hell Pits, one to three units of Packmasters, one to three units of Swarms or Giant Rats in any combination, and one to four units of Rat Ogres. And for this one, it's more, more, more Beasts. So when the Master Molder uses the Unleash More Beasts command ability... Um, it goes up for on the, a... Oh, that's yeah. nice. It goes up on a so four instead of a five, yeah. Yeah, so you have that, um, so that would be a nice, easy little combo. But then you also have the, where is it? There it is. I know it's something in here. I was looking forward oh, to it. Oh, Horde Master. Yeah, it, the Horde Master command trait does the same thing. Oh, so it you can't double down on it, or can you? No. No. 
So there's but nothing to make that even that better. You could take the this battalion, but then you don't have to take your master molder as your general to get the command trait. Okay. But if you are taking him as your general, then you can take one of the other um, command traits. So, like, the Molder Supreme to make one of your hell pits really beefy. Okay, yeah, yeah. And this is very... You could, you could use this for that army that you wanted to make that cost a million dollars. Yes. Yes, yes. No, no. No, no. <laughs> I'd love to do it, but I just can't. Yeah, that's one that it's like, ugh. I mean, unless there's a lot of people who want to get you know get rid of their things at, at, a, at, a, at a good price, like, you'd have to buy a lot of that secondhand. Yeah, no, I do that. like I said, I had about 80 of them, and I took Storm Fiends at the time to make the army smaller, um, but it still was just too much for me at the time. Right. All right, and then the Slink Talon, a Deathmaster, one to four gutter runners, two to eight night runners. So we're doing that again. Uh, I'm just trying to go back here in the book and make sure. I've, oh, there they are. There's the Deathmaster. There's the runners. Um... Murder Slay Now Now, if he is set up in hiding as a reserve unit in the combat phase in which he is set up on the battlefield, you can reroll hits from units from the same battalion. That's Why does that seem kind of weak to me? It is. Okay, it is. Like, getting the ninja to reroll, and that's the Deathmaster that sets up um, in hiding. So right. getting him to reroll is great, but it's only one turn. Yeah, on the turn he comes out, then all of your gutter runners and night runners get to, and he get to get to reroll. Uh, too bad the ability is if you take them in this group, they don't look like monkey skaven. Yeah, the thing if this is like in the shooting phase as well, that would actually be really good because they do shoot a lot um, with all the throwing stars and whatever. And gutter runners are not terrible in combat, but yeah. No, that's yeah. That's a shame. I really like Eshin. Yeah, I think everybody no, I mean, does. They're cool, except they're the literally, literally the worst models in this army, and that's including the weird hell pit nonsense. Um, and then they get a really weak battalion on top of everything else. It's like, come on, they're supposed to be the most dangerous things in the in the Undercity or whatever it's called. Yeah, the Under Empire. They're supposed yeah. to be like the trained disciplined lethal troops and they're not except for the deceiver the deceiver is pretty boss but yeah well yeah that's also a vermin lord yeah all the vermin lords are pretty good doesn't matter which one you take they've all they're all you know none of them suck correct all right so let's look at this warp cog convocation before we uh this is the last thing this is the last entry in the book we're covering can you believe it and it's massive okay one arch warlock Two to five engine covens chosen in any combination. And, oh, okay. You got an ash. Oh, good. Okay. There's a whole bunch of things here. There's one that's bombardiers and one to three lightning cannons, one that's an engineer or a bombardier, and then one to four storm fiends, one to five warp fire throwers, one to five warp grinders. The other one's one to three storm fiends and two to five acolytes, one to three storm fiends, one to three gisales, one to five rattling guns. One to three storm fiends, one to three doom wheels, one to five doom flares. So they're all different 
variations on all of their cool little weaponry, you know, sort of lumped together. Yeah, it's grouped by type, and they all require a warlock engineer or a bombardier. Right. In addition to the units. Right. Um, sorry, yeah, I was just kind of. Gla- no, no, it's a lot to rattle off. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm not going to sit and go, you know, into. I just, I kind, I'm starting to get irritated. <laughs> I'm old. I'm cranky. I've been doing this book for seven hours. And I'm just like, ugh, come on now. I mean, it's cool, but at the same token, I just, um, um, ugh. You know, when I first started the review, I was all excited and said, oh, I could really see play in this. I would love to build this. And now I'm getting to the end of this book. I'm like, this is too much. I don't like it anymore. Ugh. <laughs> I'm such a cranky old man. Uh, okay. Uh, that The one with the three, one to three warp lightning cannons. You can pick one within 13 inches of the engineer. Uh, or the Arch Warlock, whatever, and subtract one. F- oh, this is the one that you subtract one from the power of the Warp Lightning Cannon to a minimum of one. Now, isn't there an, uh, an ability to do that, too? Well, oh. you get to overload it, um, and then there is... Just a second. There's a lot to look through. Yes, it is. Uh, no. In the shooting oh, wait, page, hang you can on a second. Add one to the damage characteristic. Yeah, that's the spark. So that's not going to do that big of a deal to the lightning cannon because it doesn't have a damage characteristic. Right. Um. There's no command trait that'll let you help it really. No. Um, okay. Mm. But I, this is I remember this is what I was reading. So you roll that d6 to see the thing, and then you roll the other uh, and. Uh, yeah, so this is that's actually not a bad thing though. Dropping that down to a minimum power of one um, is pretty nice. It increases, you know, it increases um, your uh, chances to hit with the, on those second dice rolls by sixteen percent per die. So that's not bad. Yeah. Now the only thing is, it's one lightning cannon out of the three. Right. And they have to be within thirteen inches of the engineer from that same coven or the arch warlock. Yep. Okay, and you got to pick two of these now. The one now it seems the nice thing is that this is literally just one battalion, though. Even though you're taking five little groups, right? Yeah, it's five little groups, but it's in one battalion. But you have to pay for each engine coven separately, in addition to the warp cog convocation. Oh, so the engine. Oh, um, hold on, I didn't look at that in the back of the book. Oh, so each engine coven so it counts as a battalion as well. Oh, yes. Oh it oh it doesn't. No. Oh, okay, so you're only getting the one uh one extra the one command point and the one extra artifact. Oh yeah, okay. Hmm. All right, what else we got here, Alex? Um uh, the choke lung, that's the one to three units of storm fiends and two to five units of acolytes. Acolytes. Uh so you get to reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made with missile weapons um by the scryers. By the uh, Acolytes or the Storm Fiends from this Engine Coven if they're wholly within 13 inches of the Warlock from the same Coven or the Arch Warlock. Okay, so reroll hit rolls of one for missile weapons. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty good, but you have to be really close to get the most out of the Acolytes. So, Right, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was thinking is those guys. I mean, they hit on fours, so hitting on threes actually is pretty, it's not no, bad. No, it's fours, reroll ones. Oh, it's four three roll ones. It's not a plus one. You're right. Eh, okay, that's not bad. 
Yeah. Uh, unless you roll all twos and threes, which is what always happens when you get that. Um, what else? We've got the Goutfire Scorch. That's the one with one to four units of Storm Fiends and one to five Warp Fire Throwers and one to five Grinders. And those are just the little pair teams, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Fire team. Thrower is one of the engine teams, and then the Grinder is the uh, team that can tunnel, essentially. Okay. Um, up to two units can join each Grinder instead of only one, as long as both of them come from the same engine coven as the Warp Grinder that they join tunneling. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Oh, so two units, so you can take a, gr- like, if you had five, if you had four Grinders... You can take a thrower and a storm fiend with each one, then. Yes. Okay. But because you're setting stuff up in reserves, you need to have a corresponding unit on the table first. Oh, you're right. So you have to do. You have, so you have to put down three, because then you're taking yeah, him it's with individual units. Okay, and then you put all three go into reserve though at the same time though, right? Because they're all going under together. Yeah. Okay, I'm just. Or I'm no, just it to- says later. But because you're, de- you could deploy this whole thing as one drop, um, which is how you would probably play it. So you'd put a couple on the table, a couple on the table, and then put the rest in reserve. I got you. Yeah. Eh, eh. Or actually, if you're taking two to five engine covens, you can one drop a different coven all on the table. That's what you would probably do, right? You drop yeah. that coven and then drop this one all in reserve. All right, what's next? Uh, what's with the Rattle Gauge? This one's a good one. I really like it. Okay. Uh, you get to reroll hit rolls of one for missile weapons from the Gisales and Rattling Guns while they're holier than 13 inches of the Engineer or Arch Warlock. Oh, that's that's actually not bad. It is not bad, especially for Gisales. Um, I don't know. Like, the Rattling Guns, they got a short range, but... Uh, they can crank out a lot of shots, but getting to reroll to hit rolls with Giselles is pretty nice. Um, and the Storm Fiends don't get any bonus. They're just in there, huh? Is that what that is? They're just in there, but they are uh, battle line in a scryer. So there's one of your battle lines immediately. Oh, well, that's good. Um, and finally is the Whirlblade. That's the one to three storm fiends, one to three doom wheels, and one to three flares. Uh, you can you can move a unit an extra three inches when it starts within thirteen of the engineer or the arch warlock. And ex- okay, so these things are already can move. And you're no, okay. They move four d six plus three now. I guess okay. Yeah, with the doom wheels. But then it even makes the storm fiends movement nine that first turn. Yeah, that's not bad. Essentially, yeah, no, it's not bad at all. Oh, but the go. thing is, this lets you pick and choose which aspects of Scryer that you prefer, and then there's something for you. Yeah, I mean, it's a little, it's a little more expensive, you know, but the, you know, because you've got to pay. I mean, how much? It's I don't know if this changed. I've only got the back of the book here in front of me. But yeah, it did. Did they go up or down? Yeah, hang on a second. I'm pulling it up. So the battalion the, itself is cheap, but yeah, the battalion itself is sixty points. But then each piece um, is a separate cost, ranging from sixty to ninety points. Oh, so they went down considerably because they were from one hundred and ten to one hundred and forty. So they all went down about fifty points a piece. Yeah, which is fair um, because that's a lot. It is at a minimum. This is a one hundred and eighty point battalion. 
um, not including the characters and the units. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, Scryer has a lot of really good things, but in the old pricing, the unit, the battalion itself was priced out of play. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy. 60 and then the minimum. I mean, you're looking at the minimum of 220. So it's 280 minimum for that battalion. And that's for yeah. the cheapest one. So, yeah. That's, that's for the cheapest combinations of warp lightning cannons, the engineers, and the arch warlock. Yeah, that's no, that's no, that's no bueno. Correct. All right. So is there any, now, all this stuff, what do you look at and say, these combos are this is this is the thing, man. This is if you want to be silly. You if you want to be crazy with the cheese whiz, mm-hmm. um, none of these battalions are amazing except right. for Foul Rain. Um, I think the Congregation of Filth has some play, but it's not the end all be all. So battalions are tricky to come across in this army. I think. I mean, the Claw Horde is pretty easy, but if you take that, then you lose the battle line if. Because then all of your stuff just becomes generic. Oh, okay. But then you're filling your battle line out anyway. So I think the Claw Horde has the play, um, or at least potential to play. Uh, the Falrene is a big deal, obviously. Um, so, I mean, the Warp Cog, I don't know if I would take it. I've played against it in the old version, and it was pretty nasty. But, um, I mean, I personally like the Flesh Meld, but you're never going to take it because it is just so hard to do. Yeah, I, I don't – I'm not one to complain about this. I don't understand the pricing on that. I don't either. I mean, for what you get and for how – you know, and I know it doesn't – one doesn't relate to the other, but for how inexpensive those are points-wise and stuff like that and how many you'd need and what you're actually getting, it just seems kind of crazy. You'd need the, so much of it. Uh, I mean, yeah. The big thing with that battalion is that it gets – if you're doing an Ashen Army, it gets all your stuff out very quickly. Um, and because the Night Runners have that pregame move, and then the uh, Gutter Runners get to ambush, and you have the Ninja hiding with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you get to do some control right away, but I don't know. I don't see it, and it makes me sad, because like the list that I had looked at that was silly was a three Deceivers and two Slink Talons. Uh-huh. So this way it could be 40 Night Runners, 10 Gutters, the three Deceivers, and then the two little Death Masters running around. Um, not really doing much of anything, but it's all Ninja Rats. So, I don't know. The battalions here are a little rough. Um, the big thing to watch out with Skaven um, is obviously, like we've talked about it, the Rat Trap combination between the Vortex and the Soul, Soul Snare Shackles. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of really good shooting op and options and then very, very cheap, cheap, cheap battle line options with clan rats um, for a lot of models. So if you're going now, if you want to go and take something that's kind of that's nails, right? You want you're going you're going to play to win. You know, you're going to a tournament or something. What are some of the things that you as uh, the guy thankful. who gets it. Thankful, oh yeah. A warp Seer. Uh, the Vermin Lord with the Scry Orb. Um, That's the one the that thing- gets the four up, four up, five yeah. up. Yeah. That guy. Um, 
And then really, it's kind of take what you want. I think you need a big unit of Plague Monks because they just dish out so many attacks. Um, then Storm Vermin, I like them. Uh, lists I've seen have been effective with them. Um, the Lightning Cannons are good because they have a massive range. And then it's just straight Mortal Wounds. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot you can do with Skaven. Um, the biggest disadvantage that they have is they have no allies. Pardon me? They have no allies. Oh. oh, that's right. The only allies they can take are Nurgle if the general is Clan's Pestilence. And it's, yeah, so it's anything Nurgle. Nobody wants to work with them. The other Chaos Gods look down on them, and obviously nobody else would work with them and trust them, because well, they're awful. <laughs> they're, just, they're just the worst. You know they're going to stab you in the back. Nobody's working with them. Yeah. So... The biggest thing from Nurgle that you'll squeeze in here is probably a great unclean one or Epidemius. Okay. Because all of their keywords are off of the Nurgle keyword of which all the clan's pestilence have. Oh, right, right. So you're subbing in with the great unclean one, the plus three movement bell um, that he has. Plus he's a two cast wizard that is hard to take down. And then if you take Epidemius, you're getting the tally in. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and then we've talked about this in the Pestilence review. You can take these Pestilence battalions and units into a Nurgle army. Right. Because they have the Nurgle keyword as well. So, like, the Falarian Congregation in a, shoot, in a Nurgle army is 670 points at the cheapest. Um, so that adds a shooting element into an army that doesn't really, or even just plague monks with, uh, the tree that lets you run in charge Mm -hmm. combined with the bell combined with the wheel that gives you plus two move. It's like plague monks can get across the board really quickly. Yes, they can. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot here that you can do with this book, but again, you have no allies. It's Everything is contained in this book unless you're playing Clans Pestilence Focus. I well, think. and maybe, okay, so maybe my complaint that it's too much, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good reason for that right there, maybe, is that it's literally, it's like taking, uh, well, until the Night Haunt stuff came out, it was like taking uh, Legions of Nagash. It was, you know, basically that was pretty much most of the Grand Alliance death all in one book. Yeah. So this is a similar type thing, I guess. Uh, Overall impressions, Alex? The book has the potential to be obnoxious, um, power level-wise. Yeah. I do like the reinvention of them and their place in Age of Sigmar. But... I like that the book, and even if it's from their point of view you know like i say if the point of view is a little skewed they're not this fifth chaos guy i mean well they still when you list the pantheon they only list the four like he he never gets the respect of of being up on the list of the five you know when people talk about him Mm -hmm. but this book is like yeah and they don't talk about him but they're stupid (laughs) because yes you know he is I like that it's not just, oh, look, the horned rat managed. It, it, I mean, 
a god is a god, I suppose, but it just seems like the other four are there, and this guy is just squeaking in. They're like, you know, they're like high school seniors, and he's, you know, the, the kindergarten god, you know? Like, it's just, I mean, that's the way it was portrayed when it went through all the stuff in End Times and all the stuff that was coming through. Uh, and here it's like, oh, no, 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 he's just playing on it. He's he's playing a different game than them. And that's part of what it is. He's here new, and they can think what they want, but he's playing a very different game. Plus, mm-hmm. I would think that the other gods, I mean, he doesn't have a place in, in the chaos realm that we've talked about. The other ones, they talk about their place in the realm. And he really doesn't, I mean, all the other chaos gods produce demons from them from their own essence, you know? I mean, that's what they are, basically, right? Yeah, all he has is the vermin lords. Right, he's got the... Yeah, he's got that, but then, and that, and that's it. And that that is weird. I mean, he's very different from the other chaos gods. They're primarily them with some mortal followers. Here, he's almost exclusively mortal followers, and when needs be, he sends in the vermin lords, which are awesome and huge and and, and super tough. But it's not like you're going to have a whole army of them. Yeah, you know. It's 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 he's interesting. I I, I do like. I'm, I was very happy with the lore in this book. Yes. You know, and the, it's just there's so much else. There's so much else. I'm so done with this. <laughs> well, it's okay. Point is, it's done. Yeah. We've got it off the list, so we can focus on the next cool thing. Yes. And there's a lot of next cool things coming out. Yeah, so. we've got a bunch to talk about next episode. We haven't. We obviously we. It's been we did the our last toolbox was not that long. Last episode, um, we're gonna have a lot in the toolbox next episode, and a lot to uh, talk about about stuff upcoming. Because there's some really cool stuff upcoming. Yeah, there's a lot coming up. Yeah. Um, we also, hopefully, if we can schedule it with Kevin, we'll have Kevin on for at least one segment, because guess what? We're announcing the winners of the Six Squared Studios contest next episode. Yes. So we'll have all of that coming up. So if you entered, you might hear your entry read on the air or played on the air via the voicemail. And um, someone's going to win a $100 gift card to Six Squared Studios. And that makes me happy. That should make anybody happy. Oh, yeah. Unless you didn't get it. Well, you know, still. But then you're still happy for the person that got it. Unless you're a jerk, but our Unless listeners are not. So No. Uh, except for Joe Jarrell. But he, no, he's not a jerk. He's a jackhole. There's a difference. Yes. So, okay, because he's actually not bad. Um, is this it? Can we, can we be done? I think we can be done. Oh, thank goodness. All right. Uh, before we go, once again, our Patreon sponsors. Guys, all of you who make up the almost 1%. It's going, it's up and down, up and down, up and down, but it's getting close to that Garage Gamer stuff coming back. And like I said, Christopher and I and maybe Harrison, we've got a bunch of games we are definitely going to be reporting on soon. Thank you all to being part of the 1%. You guys make all of this possible. And thanks again to our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. AJC. And again, our newest patron, Robert Strotterman. Thank you all for being part of the 1%. Alex? Like four days, Day. five days, almost four days, like, you know, of recording over less than a week period. This is more than we've done in months. It's so dumb. Um, and we're going to be back at it again next week. Hurrah! So I will see you and talk to you soon as we plan something to talk about that's not a book. So, hooray. I guess that's it. So, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except 
in failure. Or reading a Skaven book. <laughs> oh, God, we're stupid. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer, and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.